This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. You are listening to Any Given Sunday, a part of the Dead End Podcast Network. Please subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, and all other podcasting services. Please make sure you check out Dead End Hip Hop, Dead End Sports, Dead End Gaming, Is the Mic Still On, Chris Platt's Strictly Hip Hop and Hoops Talk, and a host of other shows on our podcast network. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. You are listening to Any Given Sunday for Sunday, September 26, 2021. I am your host, Manny Brown, joined as always by my co-host, Josh Rodriguez. Josh, what is good? How much, man? It's good to be back. Um, shout out to Baylor Welcome for holding back. me down. Glad to have you, you know. back. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Shout out, sh- shout out to BTG, our boy, yep. uh, Baylor the Great, for holding it down, filling in for the great Josh Rodriguez last week. Shout out to, <laughs> to Baylor. Um, did a good job filling in. Uh, credit to him. Sh- called him on short notice. Said, "Yep, let me know when and what's good, and we'll do it." And we did. So credit to, to BTG man. Shout out to him for filling in last week. But I'm glad to have my co-host back. Uh, first and foremost, man, how are you doing? How's the family? What is you know how's how's everything uh, at home away from right. the podcast um, stuff? Yeah, definitely the family last week. That's why I was gone. Um, it's always tough. It was an aunt that I was I wouldn't say really close with, but was a large part of my childhood, if that makes any sense to anybody. Um, so it was tough. Um, and yeah, just needed a week. That's all. Um, but everything's okay now. Family's doing all right. Um, some other bullshit. I actually didn't even tell you this pre-show. Um, I don't even know if I'll say it on there, but maybe after the show, I'll, I'll, I'll vent to you about it. <laughs> yeah, we, get, we get the juicy stuff offline, guys. Come on. You uh, it's guys it's gotta- actually very capitalistic. Actually, I want to say it. Like we, My family couldn't raise enough money um, to show the body. Which is crazy to me. Wow. I didn't even know that's a thing. The the funeral home wanted like it was like seven and a half G's for um for the funeral home. And my family couldn't raise money enough money in time, so they they did not release the body for us to see, which to me is like like beyond unethical. It's like, disgusting. Yeah. Work out work out a payment plan. Do something. Work with families that are trying to grieve. I mean, I have my cousins here who want to see their mom for their last time. You know, I want to see my aunt for my last time. You know, my uncle wants to see his wife for that. And here you are just like, nope, sorry, you, you can't afford to like, to me, that's just one of the most disgusting things I've ever heard in my life. Um, yeah. So, Hey, it's, it's good old capitalism, man. What can you say? <laughs> just good old capitalism. Just another, just another day in a capitalist society. Just you know, what, what else? Work something out. Work something out. Yeah. You know I mean, no, listen. Uh, the, the 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 funeral system i don't know uh, for lack of a better term um it's it's disgusting it's always has been it's just it's horrible man i've been there done that trust me i've seen it my family deaths and 
yeah, it's it's the same. You know, it's disgusting. You think that you know there'd be a little human element, and I get it. These are businesses, just like anything else, and they got to make money. I get that, but there there's a human element to it. You know that you have to respect and be sensitive to, and unfortunately, a lot of a lot of companies aren't. So it just this it's isn't sad, a cake. You know I mean, like I'm not, we're not asking you for a cake. It's right. we're saying goodbye to a, a love, a, a beloved like understand the situation. Like, you know, un- some things yeah. should be valued more than money or making a profit, but apparently, not really. It's just, I, I just can't. It, and it's the people that defend it <laughs> that's the people that get me. It's like, oh, yes. well, what do you expect? <laughs> yeah. They make money. Like, like what? <laughs> like, yeah, thanks, just making yeah. money off of, off of <laughs> grief and death is already an issue. Yeah, listen, we could be here all day talking about that. I, yeah, thankfully everybody yeah. I complained to has not um <laughs> defended that because and it's and it's everything when it comes to like, <laughs> yeah. the funeral system. It's like buying a headstone. Like, right. my God, have you seen that? Like, seriously, yeah. it's ridiculous. Like a casket, a casket. Yeah, like a freaking I mean, just casket. A, just a simple fact that, like, I'm not kidding, many Like, two hours after my aunt passed away, my cousin and my family were shopping for funeral like immediately like that's not the first thing you should be doing that's not the first thing you should be doing at all but in a way i get it though bro because it's like it's something that you have to have lined up and it's and it's like i I get i get that part of it i'm just saying like yeah it's 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 weird how it shifts from being oh my god this moment of great loss and tragedy to like yo we got to make sure all of our affairs are lined up like it it it, it is like that that could wait it is like that yeah no i i get it It's, it's never a perfect way to handle that Never. Right. That's that's, that's why you hope that these things are, you know, aligned before the person passes so that there isn't that much stress on the family side of things. Right. You know, that's why like, you know, over the last year and so even since COVID, like we've been talking to my mom about like, hey, do you have a will? Do you have stuff in order? And she says, Oh, I'll deal with it. I'm like, no, mom, you gotta Yeah. You know, I actually had the discussion know, with my father. Um, yeah, it's important because it's like you gotta have this stuff lined up and because it's a it's a burden on your family. Yeah, it's and then you get people in there yeah. with agendas and one side of the family that doesn't. That, want that's to how do I got into. I was like, Dad, I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to, you know, vulture any of your assets, <laughs> right? <laughs> my father. <laughs> and it's weird how they take that. Like, no, it's yeah. just no. My I'm, dad was really cool about it. My dad was really cool about it. So it's like yeah. you know, we put I, life I insurance see, on my mom. Why. We put life yeah. insurance on my mom. We 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 did all that stuff because it's like this yeah. is, these are important conversations you have to start having at a certain point. You know, like my mom is sixty now. Like you know, she's close to the seventy. Like she's still young, spry, whatever. But it's like you know, you're not a spring chicken anymore. Like this is the conversation that we have to start having. You know, yeah. so today yeah. actually on the East Coast right now is the twenty seventh. It's my dad's sixty ninth birthday. Happy birthday, pops! Happy yeah. birthday. To the big it's man. Last, last year, sixties, will be seventy next year. Man, man. Still, still healthy, still kicking. You know, all things I mean, considered. I, I'll be honest with you; he's not healthy, which scares the shit out of me. Um, oh, we were, ha- and it's nothing. We had a long conversation. Like this was kind of a wake up call. My aunt, she she passed away from a heart attack. She had a massive heart attack and died. Um. So, and they they knew each other. Like my aunt and my dad, they were that was his brother's wife. But like mm-hmm. I said, we all grew up in the, around the same area. When we moved to right. the suburbs, they moved to the suburbs, and like right. my closest cousin is her son. Like. So I, I think it was kind of a kick in the ass and he scheduled a doctor's appointment and, you know, my dad, yeah. when he has to buckle down and take his meds and, and go to doctor's appointment, he does it. I'm just scared that like that procrastination is going to bite him. In the yeah. Ass it's going to bite him in the ass one day. Yeah. Listen, they're yeah. stubborn, man. You, you Listen, yeah. I, as, as someone who has a, a Latino parent as well, uh, <laughs> yeah. and uh, they do not listen. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> so sometimes you just got to keep, you know, got to keep hammering in. But yeah, man, it's important, man. Definitely, you know, check on your loved ones for sure. Make sure that they're doing everything that, you know, they have to do and just take care of yourself, man. Personal accountability and health and all that good stuff. That's, that's always important. You know, even, you know, like I'm at, like I turned 35 in two months and I'm already like, okay, thinking about like, you know, thinking about those things, like, you know, getting, well, you have kids. Prostate well. check. Yeah. And I, like, yeah. yeah, like I've, I've already researched, like going to get the prostate checked out, right. colon checked out, like all these things that like you don't think about because you know. And I have my first prostate this year. That shit was wild. <laughs> really? Oh, okay, I got We got to talk offline about that shit because I, I I googled it and I was just like, eh. oh man, yeah, I'm ready for this, but then it's like, yeah, yeah, no, I have to be. So no, it's important, guys. So if you're listening and you're you're at that age, man, even thirty, like once you get thirty, you got to start thinking about these seriously. Things. Yeah, you know, for sure. Your body yeah. just completely changed. I, I cannot do half of the things that I used to be able to do. Like, I'm just talking everything, not just athletically. Like, I mean, like literally getting out of bed without pulling a hamstring. That happens sometimes. Like, I, I will walk yeah. out of bed and my ankle sprained. Bro, I don't know how I spur my ankle through. You were you were pitching <laughs> to the choir, man. You you know I was in the army, right? You know I was in the army, so yeah, I mean, the army took 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 my physical peak by like five years, like literally by no by ten years. Like, I'm like 34, but I have the body of a 44. 45 year old man like man like i'm just broken down to shit <laughs> so i'm you yeah so yeah definitely i i get it man you you know you hit that age you gotta gotta make sure all the the bolts and the screws are tied tight and, and all that stuff and just make sure the body's tuned up man um yeah you know it's easier said than done but yeah we gotta start making especially if you got family especially if you got young kids I mean, you it's not just about you anymore it's, it's to them it's you really have a responsibility to your loved ones you have a responsibility to your wife your your kids and right. all that good stuff to make sure right. that you are healthy as can be so yeah 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 they mean to get too off track there but no i'm glad that i'm i'm glad that you and the family are doing all right man i know loss is thank never you. an easy thing so I'm, I'm i'm glad that you guys are doing okay so thank you it's the most important that. thing yeah for sure um I hate to talk about that to talk about, you know, meaningless shit like football, but let's hey, talk football. That's why we're here. That's why we're here in the grand scheme of things, right? <laughs> Speaking of not um, doing okay, the New York Jets. <laughs> oh, we're gonna start with the Jets already in our in our in our week three NFL recap. Like, why not? Let's, 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 let's peel the band-aid off, man. Oh my God. Oh Jesus Christ, Josh. Where do I start? Where that, do I start? I, Just... I, I'm gonna my 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 casual hyperbolic statement that I have almost every year about this. This might be the worst thing we've ever seen in my life. Awful. Which is, which is saying something because they've been an absolute disaster for the last five years. Man, but. I, I knew that offense line, offensive line was a problem, but I didn't know it was that bad. This is the first time I actually like watched some, some of the Jets like, game. Like, I, I watched like you know snippets here and there, and they're never on the NFL red zone because they never get to the freaking red zone. <laughs> so, <of course> not, <laughs> right? so I could never... Like, the only time the Jets are on red zone is like, when teams are scoring on them. <laughs> Oh, so, God. so oh, like I God, actually I checked them out for a little bit. Uh, and yeah, man, I mean, I, I understand Zach Wilson's numbers aren't that great, but I, I can't put it all on him. That line is awful. Awful. I don't know how many awful. sacks the, the Broncos had today, but I'm going to guess it had to be at least eight. That's my guess. <laughs> no, I think they had five sacks today. Okay. Which is, it felt like a lot. Feels, well, Justin, yeah. I'm maybe yeah. on the Bears. The Bears. What's another? We'll talk about that later. Uh, but yeah, yeah, we'll talk about them, but. Yeah. Listen, man, it, it's what can I say, man? I mean, it just it, it really hit me today watching them. You know, I had company over, I had my goddaughter over and just playing around with the baby and just kind of just doing some. I'm watching that miserable, miserable game and it just hit me. It's like there's no hope. 
there's like literally no hope. Like you just you you know how you watch your team and you know there's like a belief like ah maybe this drive they'll kick it. It's like no hope. Right. I mean, once the Jets went down seventeen nothing, you just you knew the game was over. I mean, you just knew it. And and that's like it's right. there is no hope. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. There's just nothing, man. I mean, this franchise is an absolute disgrace, and it's everybody. It starts at the owner. It, it, literally, some of the, the worst. Listen, every team can say this, their owner's worse or their owner's bad. No, the, the Johnson family is completely inept. The brother, Woody, uh, the family, they can't even distribute a fucking vaccine. They can run a football team. Forget that. Um, they're completely inept. I mean, they're completely, completely inept. And I start with them because it starts at the top. It starts with any organization. It starts at the top. GMs come and go, coaches come and go, quarterbacks come and go, players come and go, but what stays the same is the ownership, it's the infrastructure. They're a disaster. They are an absolute disaster. And then you and then you head down to Joe Douglas, a guy who to me has gotten a pass. You know, everybody has told me how great this guy is. He's a talent evaluator. He knows offensive lines. He's this, he's that. Joe Douglas in two years, I think, has won four games as a GM. I mean, it's like what what are we watching here? What like kids? I think last week I, I forget the stat. Last week I'm so pissed off that I didn't even capture it, but I heard it. It was like I think out of like the entire 2020 NFL draft class, the Jets draft class, like only one player suited up last week That's of disgusting. that draft class, or That's was even on the disgusting. team. I mean, it's it's just like it's just, it's it's this is what we're watching, <laughs> and it does. It's like it never gets better. It never gets better. And it's like, and and I and 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 it just came to my realization. I mean, it just didn't come to my realization, but I finally accepted it. It's like we're just in an endless cycle of suckness. Like literally, we'll suck, we'll show some signs, but we'll still suck. And then the person, person, the GM or coach, whoever, get a second year, and then they suck even worse. And then after the second year, we're ready to fire the coach and the GM. And then maybe the GM will survive, and the coach will be fired. And then the GM will hire another coach. Will it's internal then hire a? You know, will then get uh, you know inherit the quarterback or maybe not inherit the quarterback or maybe want to draft his own guy and then go through that cycle again or maybe both of them are gone and then you bring in a whole new regime in three four years and then we're just doing this all over again and then that doesn't work and then we're doing this all over again in another three four years it's just like it's a vicious cycle of just ineptitude and that's what the jets have been for the last 10 years yeah. Other than 2015, when God forbid they won 10 games, but you know, in the biggest game of their season, week 17 in Buffalo against a miserable, horrible Buffalo team, they couldn't win that game. And there went the playoffs. Outside of 2015, this team has been a disaster since 2011. Yeah. Poorly ran. Poorly ran from the top on down. We've had terrible GMs. I mean, remember John Idzik? Remember that? Remember that? <laughs> yeah, oh my remember God. <laughs> it's like John Idzik. Like, it's just, it's just been constant, man constant and then all this year all we were sold about oh robert sala all gas no breaks and i'm not ripping the coach i listen it's it's. i don't think it's on him i don't think any of this it's, is on it's him. not on him but you know yeah. what i'll start putting stuff on him too though listen the denzel mim situation did the penalties the dumb penalties that's on coaching yeah that's on coaching and then the immortal mike lafleur the boy genius, 34-year-old Mike LaFleur, who's who invented football, apparently. It's like Kyle Shanahan and the pantheon of inventing football. It's Paul Brown, the Shanahans, and Mike and Matt Sean LaFleur. Mc- Sean McVay. Sean McVay. Sean McVay. Yeah, I forgot, forgot about Sean McVay. He was there in the initial meetings where football was, concept- was conceptualized. Um, I forgot about him. It's like the, the immortal Mike LaFleur, and he has been a brutal offensive play caller. Like, yeah. I'm, listen, I'm not asking for much. I'm a realistic Jet fan. I knew what this season was about. It was about development. 
This was a, you know, I, I forgot who said it. I think Brian Costello said it best. This was the AAA Jets. This was a year where it's like you're getting the young pieces ready for the next year and next in the next couple of years. So I didn't expect much. But it's one thing to be bad. It's one thing, it's one thing to be bad, but to be non-competitive. To, to be non-competitive. No, like you watch the Jets and they don't even compete. They can't. They can't. It's embarrassing. I, I just I can't. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Get Ronald Taylor, check. boycott the games, return the fan gear and protest in front of the stadium. Bark at the front office until they make the right moves. Bro, we've uh, shout out. And that's BTG, by the way. Shout out to BTG. But, oh, cool. uh, <laughs> uh, but it's like, listen, it, it's like it, we've done that. We literally had a plane fly over, <laughs> over practice fire. I forgot about that. Like we've yeah. had this happen. And it's like, it's yeah. the same. It, nothing changes because again, the franchise is run by incompetent, clueless buffoons who never get this stuff right. You know, they were, you know, they let the immortal Peyton Manning, who didn't want to come to the Jets in 1997, by the way, decided to go back to Tennessee instead of going to the Jets. But we'll, but but now we're letting and then, and then Peyton Manning the Broncos over the Jets when he when he left Indianapolis, too. Right. But now we're letting yeah. Peyton Manning give us his, you know, genius advice on <laughs> selecting coaches. And right. we, we get this buffoon Adam Gase foisted on us for two years, ruined Sam Darnold's career in New York. Ruined everything. I'll be honest, he ruined everything. He ruined everything I, for the franchise. I mean, well, yeah. honestly, Adam Gase is the worst football coach I've ever seen. Like, without a yeah. doubt. Without a doubt. And listen, I root for the Jets, so there's a lot to pick from. Yeah, you share a bad coach. I've seen a, I've seen a share of bad coaches. And it's like it's it, it just it just what frustrates me is that it never changes, bro. 1968 yeah. was a long time ago i'm tired i'm tired of oh wait till next year wait till this top round quarterback comes out and the jets draft them then you'll see like i'm done bro i'm yeah. done again it's one thing to be bad but at least if you're competitive if there's fun games if we would have lost that game 31 27 today i wouldn't have batted an eye i wouldn't have complained but to lose that game 26 nothing and just really be non-competitive show like no signs close of to life. scoring either like not even come close i think and, and the one time really we did come close to scoring we had an offsides on a field goal kick knocked us out of field goal range i mean right. you can't make this shit up you cannot right. make this stuff up Right. You have I a young quarterback who you're trying you, you have a young quarterback who you're trying to you know to nurture and mature and and what do you do? You take away a 6-3 200-pound receiver who can run a 4-3 and say no, he's got to learn the other receiver positions or he can't even suit up. Denzel Mims is inactive. Not on the not benched, inactive. Jeff Smith and the immortal Braxton Berrios. Are playing like over Denzel, Denzel Mims can play, man. Like it's not even like he's Denzel Mims I, can play. I, I, I honestly, I think Denzel play. Mims is better than Corey Davis. That's just me. That's a hot take to some. Yeah, I, I think he's comparable. Yeah, like he's definitely the second the very best least. receiver on the team. He's the second best receiver on the team at worst, and and he's literally inactive. Yeah, I think it's interesting for me because. Um, you see Sam Darnold kind of thriving in Carolina. And it's not that Sam Darnold's this world beater. Sam Darnold's not like a top 10 quarterback in this league, but it just shows like what a competent organization can do, you know, for a quarterback like Sam Darnold. And you see how he performed in New York. And then you start to realize that, holy shit, like as much as you want to blame Sam and Sam did play terrible, maybe it is just, it's, it's the roster in the organization because Sam looks like a completely different person. Like 1000%. It's amazing what a quarter, what, what he looks like after he left, left the Jets organization. So I look at the way Zach Wilson's playing, and I look, you know, you can have your beefs with Robbie Sala or whatever, but at the end of the day, the roster's just not good enough. That line is no. awful. You can't do awful. anything when your offensive line. And that's on the GM. 
That's on the GM. Exactly. Mr. Mr. Exactly. Offensive line guru, yes. Joe Douglas. That's where I was going. Knew, knew that line needed to be strengthened. Yep. And and listen, I, when we came into free agency, I said, sign Joe Thune. Oh, well, Joe Thune wasn't going to come here. He, he chose to go to the Chiefs. No, I don't buy this that, oh, people don't want to come play for the Jets because, the, you know, they're bad. No, guys will go play anywhere if you pay them enough money. Yeah, Everybody knows if you're, a ba- if you're a bad team, you have to overpay. Yeah. So what, Joe right. Thune got $70 million in free agency? Throw that motherfucker $90 million. He'll come right. here. Trust me. He'll be, he'll be in green and white. By the time you <laughs> offer that contract, right, right? Like everybody knows you have, if you're a bad team and you're trying to make waves in free agency, sometimes you have to overpay. A lot of times you have to overpay. Yeah. This man knew right. we needed that offensive line help. We, he knew it. This, it was paramount for us to improve this offensive line. And this offensive line, if anything, might be worse than it was last year. It, it is worse. It 1,000. I mean, listen, I'm going by one game that I've actually got to sit down and watch, but it was probably the, one of the worst performances I've ever seen an offensive line have ever. Bro. It just it, it, the the penalties, shooting yourself in the foot, drive after drop, the drop. But today it was just the drop passes, yeah. Which 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 only highlights the Denzel Mims. And listen, I know yeah. Jeff fans have carried on about the Denzel Mims thing. Listen, we're not trying to make Denzel Mims out to be To. We're not. But but it just doesn't make sense to us that you have a young receiver who you took with the in a in the second round. This isn't like Denzel Mims was a ninth, you know, was a two hundred and eighth overall pick. This guy was like the 50th, 60th pick in the draft. And you just refuse to play him for whatever reason, because he just doesn't fit your scheme, apparently. And it's interesting because I, going into the season, I'm like, well, you have Elijah Moore now, Denzel Mims, and Corey Davis. That's a pretty solid receiving core. I'm not saying it's one of the best in the league, but that's a that's a core where you're like, okay, they can make plays, along with Jamison Crowder when he gets back. Um the so Jamison Crowder situation. Is he healthy? Yeah. Is he not healthy? There's some rumors that they made on him. You want to play him. So they want to trade him. Oh, okay. Cause we're in the business of actually trading competent NFL receivers. Like it, it's just, it's like, are you trying to sabotage your young quarterback? That's, that's what I'm asking. Are like, are you legitimately trying to sabotage this young man? I can't put this on Wilson. Listen, has Zach Wilson been phenomenal? No, outside of one half in Carolina, he has not been that good, but he's a young quarterback. It's to be expected, but it's not on him. It's right. not on him. He has nothing to work with. He has no offensive line. He has a he has an offensive coordinator who, I'll be nice, is a work in progress. Like, what does he have to work with? Nothing. He is literally nothing. Literally nothing. Like, you look around the league, right? You look at all these bad teams. Detroit, you know, um, you know. I don't know. Give me a random bad. They're competing. They have pieces. Detroit has. Penny Sewell. They have a couple of young defensive studs. Right. They have TJ Hawkinson. They have pieces. The Jets have nothing. The Jets have nothing. They have maybe Quinnen Williams. Elijah Moore's got potential. Michael Carter's shown signs. Well, that's my point. Like, I, I think I do think Elijah Moore's good. I do think Michael Carter's good. And I think Zach Wilson can be good, but you can't do anything offensively if your line cannot protect the quarterback or can't create space for them. Period. It comes down to that, really. I, I know it sounds like really reductive, but it, it it's it's just what it is. If your line can't do anything, your playmakers are not going to be able to do it. It doesn't matter who you have. It doesn't matter what skill players. Football starts in the trenches, man. Exactly. Defensive line, offensive line. That's where it starts, man. If those, if those two areas of your football team are not up to par, you're not going to be a good team. Now, obviously there there are exceptions to that rule, but for the most part, you look at it historically, when you, when you talk about football, defensive and offensive line that's where it starts and the jets listen their defensive line is solid but their offensive line is shit again there's nothing there and again we've been saying the same thing for the last four or five years nothing there it's like what are we building here 
And again, this week, this front, this this front office is going to get some heat because, and it's time. It's like again, it's one thing to be bad, especially in New York. It's one thing to be bad, but when you're unwatchable, when you're boring, when you're non-competitive, that's where everybody raises a, a flag. It's like, listen, again, if the Jets were giving up 50 points and they were scoring 37, 38 points a game, it's one thing. You could at least say, okay, well, at least they're competitive. They're having shootouts. They're trying. They're going out there and trying new things. But again, you watch that game. Is there any hope for the Jets? Like, honestly, I think the Jets would lose to some college football teams. I really, I, 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 no, I, I think Alabama would beat the Jets. <laughs> Last year's Alabama team. Oh, I'll say this. To the, the the LSU team that won a national championship two years ago would be this Burrow, year. yes, Burrow Chase Chase Jefferson Moss, uh, uh, Randy Moss's kid that was a tight end. The defense, the Jets would lose to that team. Like, look at the Broncos. Are the Broncos this like? Tr- I mean, listen. The, I know the they're Broncos three. Broncos are a playoff team, man. They're, they're a good they're team, but they're yeah, a solid they're team. team. But the Broncos are. are not. This isn't. This isn't the '98 Broncos that we're talking about here. Right. All right. And they're missing like half their guys on, on offense as well. And they, the they just. And, and, and yeah. honestly, the fact that it was twenty-six nothing is a credit to the defense. The defense has been the one good thing about this team. Like any other defense, that's a forty to nothing game. Easily. Yeah. Easily. Uh, listen, I, I hate it. I hate that it's become so much jet centric. We'll move on. I promise. But it's just, it's, it literally is just no hope. There's just no hope. And it just hit me today. It's like, there's just no hope with this team. No hope. And then you watch the the press conference and it's like, Oh, we got to, you know, the same coach speak. Oh, we got to trust the process. And I, this is why I can't, like, I couldn't be a coach or I couldn't be involved because it's like, I can't, you, you, what would you say? Many coach Manny Brown sets into the to the uh, press conference. Press Listen, through three games, we're zero three. I, I would say it's a results driven business, and we're not getting results. So we have to change it up. It's like the Mets. The Mets have had an offense that didn't hit for like ninety nine point nine percent of the year, and and there you go, Luis Rojas trying out the same lineup, same lineup, same lineup every day, no changes. It's like at some point when you're seeing the same thing over and over, change it up. Drop a guy down in the lineup. Bring a guy up from AAA. He can't yeah. be any worse than what you're seeing. It's the same yeah. thing in football. It's the same thing in basketball. Change it up sometimes. If a guy's not producing, take him out for a couple games. Same thing on offense. Try a wildcat. I don't know. Up tempo. Something. Jay Feely is basically coaching the Jets from the booth saying, hey, why don't they try some more up tempo stuff? Some RPOs. Something. Nothing. It's the same dry vanilla offense the entire game. Which like, is are you trying to win? Are Salah you trying to Shanahan win? Tree. He comes with this Shanahan tree, and I'm expecting this whole like innovative like <laughs> zone scheme. No, of course not. <laughs> like like typical Mets Jets fashions, we always get the sucky part of the duo. Like well, well in, I, Je- I, in typical I, I, Jets fashion, we'll yeah. get the bad Lafleur. We won't get the good Lafleur. We'll I, I, get I don't the bad Lafleur. We can judge too harshly, man. I'm not gonna lie. I, I don't think this is on him. I think any coach in the NFL, even Belichick, would have a hard time winning with this roster. Yeah, listen, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to jump down on Robert Sala's throat. Like, I, I'm not. I yeah. get it. I'm realistic. But again, yeah. the dumb penalties, the trying to pigeonhole Denzel Mims into being a player that doesn't, you know, great coaching is about having, getting the players and getting the best of them, putting them in the best situations that they're able to succeed. Not, yeah. oh, well, this guy doesn't fit my It's like, who the hell is Mike LaFleur? How many games is he? How many Super Bowls has Mike LaFleur won? Now he's telling <laughs> this kid Denzel Mims. No, 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 no. We're not going to. And then what pisses me off and pisses a lot of Jet fans off, right? It's like, it's fun. One thing that I hate when coaches or GMs or whatever do is that when you, you, you talk down to fans, 
Like fans yeah. know the game, especially fans in New York. Like we know the game. So we're not X. I'm not saying I'm, I'm X's and O's. I'm this, that, and the other. No, but I know the game and I know what I'm watching. Don't lie to right. me. Don't tell me Denzel Mims had a great week of practice and he practiced with the first team and he's inactive. Like, come on, like, <laughs> you're insulting my intelligence here. Like, come on, like, like seriously? Seriously? Like, I, that, that's when it, like, it really is like, come on, man. Like, who, yeah. you, who are you talking to? Like, this isn't, this isn't some dumb fan in, you know, Timbuktu, Iowa. Right, and you right. could be like, oh, okay, sure. Coach says he's practicing well. I guess we'll take that. Like, no, this is New York. Like, really? Right. Really? This is what you're telling the, the media, the fan base? Like, no, come on, man. It's 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 ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. Like, what are you, what are you, what are you telling us here? What are you telling us here? Like, it's I'm done. I'm done ranting because I can't. I I can't. Yeah. I, it's it's just it, it's just disgusting. Credit to the Broncos. It, you know, they did what they were supposed to do. They beat a hapless team like yeah. they were supposed to do. And yeah, it's bad, man. It's bad. And they'll probably go own four because they play the Titans at home next week. And they'll probably be own four for they may not win a game, man. I'm gonna be honest with you. They they look awful. I don't I don't know what team they can beat right now. They they're and, the worst and, team in the league. And that is the issue right there, Josh. That's what yeah. you just what you just said is encapsulated everything amongst all the ranting and raving that I've been doing. That is the the, the key point. Where is the progress? That is what every Jet fan right now is asking themselves is where is the progress? Where is the, are we better than we were last year? Where is the pro, where is the progress at the quarterback position? Not Zach Wilson's fault, but where's the progress? It feels like we're just literally watching the same quarterback play just with a different quarterback. Instead of Sam right. Darnold, it's now Zach Wilson. We're watching the same O-line. The defense is, I guess, better. I guess that's progress. Um, again, where's the progress? They're Where? Please, they're, explain, they, they've gone hey, backwards please. since last year, like absolute backwards. You're, 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 he comes here with this two tight end system. You don't have two tight ends to run a two tight end system, but nonetheless, we're gonna we're gonna keep forcing the two tight end system, the immortal Taylor Cross and and Ryan Griffins. But then you're then you're telling me Denzel Mims is can't play like literally, and I quote: "We have to find ways where Denzel Mims can help us win." I, I literally lost it. I'm just like, really? A guy who's six three, two oh seven, can run a four three, can't help you win football games. Braxton Barrios, man, come on. <laughs> <laughs> who had a who had a massive drop in today's game too? Oh god. Uh, let's 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 move on because I can't. Move I on. can't with this team. I can't. You I can't move on to my Giants. Let's move on to the Giants. Yeah, let's start with the Giants, man. Let's start with. Let's go with your Giants. Uh, another another <laughs> scintillating performance by the Giants. Oh man! Oh, the Giants, the G-Men. Listen, this might be the worst era of New York football, maybe Easy. ever. Easy. And this is—I mean, listen—we don't go back to the seventies with, with you know with the Giants before George Young got there, and the Jets in the late seventies, and the Giants were pretty bad. I, I get that, and there's some probably some OG Giant fans out there that'll be like, "No, watch the seventies versions of the Giants." I get it, but basically, over the last 25, 30 years. Yeah, this is, third, this is the third this worst team in football. You got the Jets, the Jags, and the Giants. In my mind, those are the three worst teams in football. I, I, I'd take the Texans over, <laughs> over the Giants at this point with a backup quarterback. <laughs> oh my god, this is a terrible oh, team. Daniel Jones is not that dude. He's not that dude. He's just not. I'm sorry, he's not. This way, you have. Listen, I know this sounds this sounds incredibly reductive, but you have a tie game at home with the ball. Drive the length. Of the, you don't have to drive the whole length of the field. Get a field goal. You win the game. Period. Make it happen. 
you have Kenny Galladay, you have Stone, I mean, Stone Shepard was out, but like you have Saquon Barkley, you have weapons. You can like, there's to me, like there's no excuses at that point. I know the line's bad. I get it. I just went off about how, you know, the Jets can't do anything because their offensive line is bad. And it's true, mm-hmm. but it's not, it's not that bad. Like the Jets O line is like hilariously bad where the Giants O line is like, you can make shit happen every once in a while. This, he's just and the Giants have pieces, which is the 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 the, the Giants have sacred. weapons, weapons. Yeah. Yes, one thousand yeah. percent. You have one of the best running backs in the league, and I I know he, he he's still working his way back in. He's yeah, he's working his way back. The line's awful. I understand that, but he, you have one of the I wouldn't say top receivers, but you have you have an upper echelon receiver in Kenny Galladay. One thousand percent, you do. There's eh. there's 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 no reason for the Giants to be putting up fourteen points against the Atlanta Falcons at home. None. Yeah. Whatsoever. Yeah. Whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. Listen. Um, listen. The Giants aren't as bad as the Jets, which is <laughs> the Giants are frustrating because they are literally a few. They're a few plays away from being two and one. I think that's the yeah. frustrating. If if you're a Giants fan, you can make you know you don't go. Is that on coaching? Is that on? Is that on Daniel Jones? What is it's that? On, on it's, exactly? on, it's a mixture of a lot of things. I mean, like I said, Joe Judge is supposed to be this master discipline, yet you know on a game winning field goal attempt, you guys go off sides. Like that's coaching, right? We just mm-hmm. we just said that, you know, discipline's mm-hmm. a lack of coaching. I don't think there's any imagination yep. on offense that can be Joe Judge, but that's gonna be Jason Garrett. You know, you have to blame the offensive coordinator on that as well. And also I don't think Daniel Jones is that dude. I don't think he's a starting quarterback in this league. I think he has a career in this league as a backup. I think if your quarterback goes down and Daniel Jones is your backup, you're not gonna be panicking. You'd be like, okay, we'll, we'll rock with it. But I don't I don't think Daniel Jones is the quarterback of the future for this team. He's just not. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't I don't think Daniel Jones is a guy. Listen, his numbers didn't look bad. 24 of 35, 266. He didn't throw for any touchdowns. He ran for another 39 yards. He is what he is. He's he's he, at and best. He's not, he's, not, he's not turning the ball over right now, which I got to get him credit for because that was the big thing about he, him, right? But like, what he does year. is he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't wow you. And I know that's kind of whatever to say, like, oh, what do you mean he doesn't wow you? But as a quarter, if you're a great quarterback, there's just there's like a couple throws, a couple plays within a game that you just say, wow, only ten other guys in the world can make that but play. Not not just and that, Daniel Jones is just, just not that a guy. Plays in the game where like you make yourself, where it's like that's a starting quarterback, that's someone who can win games for you. Mm-hmm. Like, period. Doesn't have to be like, oh, maybe right. some of the shit that Aaron Rodgers did tonight. And that's not, and that's but, not what I mean. I mean, yeah. I mean that there's there's certain games that you just you just feel it. It just it's in there. Like, damn, that that's you know what I mean. Like, and you just don't see that from Daniel Jones. It's like, oh, he's solid. Like, if everything, like, could he could he be a solid quarterback on like if you put him on like literally the the most stacked NFL team, probably, but. Is he the guy? Is he a franchise quarterback? Is he a guy that you give and 30, 40 million dollars to? No, you don't. Yeah. And and he didn't play bad today. Like that's the thing. Like I'm saying all this about a man who didn't even play bad today. He was he wasn't bad. It wasn't on him today. It wasn't yeah, on him today. He wasn't bad at all. He didn't turn the ball over. Like he trucked a guy on a two-point conversion, which was dope to see. That was actually pretty dope. But at the same time, it's like, come on, you can't only put up 14 points against the Atlanta Falcons at home. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like you gotta find a way to make yeah. something happen. You do, yeah. Like the the, the top tier court, even Eli in his prime, for, for as like turnover prone as he was, like he would find ways to make things happen in his prime. Well, if you look at the stats, I mean, yeah. if you look at the stats, the Giants should have absolutely won this game. I yeah. mean, 
if <laughs> you know, time of possession. I mean, yards, total yards, 346 to 296 Giants. Uh, passing yards, 246 to 227. Rushing yards, 169. You know, average yards per play, the Giants won that. Um, it, you know, they both had a fumble loss. Yeah. Nobody threw an interception. They only allowed two sacks. Third down efficiency was the Giants 50% to the Falcons 38%. Time of possession was 3151 to 2809 for the Giants. Here's the big one. Penalties, eight, four. That's that coaching. Judge that Joe Judge That's coaching. discipline, baby. That's coaching. Um, They're going to be doing wind sprints tomorrow. That's going to fix the problem. <laughs> yeah, because that'll fix the problem. Um, yep. Yeah, it's listen, I, I'm with you. It's, it's, it feels good to see how somebody else rant about their team. Um, same thing I, with the Giants. Just old, though. I, I feel like it's the same rant over and over again. It's like I, we know this already about the Giants, you know? And, right. and the frustrating he, thing too, and that's the thing. Like, I don't feel like they did anything to particularly lose this game. It's just they didn't do anything to win it. Like, right? You get what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, no, no, no I get it. I get it. I get it. It's just lack of imagination on offense. Lack it's the fucking of, Falcons, bro. Like, yeah, it's the, the Falcons. It's, it's, the game it's, it's that, especially like the at home. Against. Especially at home, you have to win this game. Yeah, there's no question it. about it. The Falcons. I, I wasn't even particularly that impressed with the Falcons. This is I don't the, think the Rams Falcons defense are that good. you're going against. Like this Matt is Ryan like looks washed. Uh, yeah. yeah. Come on, man. Like, yeah. what that's are a game you got to win out here. And then you have a lead late. That's a game you got to win. I'm sorry. That's 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 a lead you have. That's a game you have to win. And they didn't. And um, <laughs> it just feels like it's, it's a bro- broken record. Listen, I, I don't, I don't want to be mean, but I'd rather be in your position right now. The Gi- I mean, at, at least with the Giants, there's still some hope that like, okay, maybe they'll figure it out. They play in an easy division. They do have weapons. Right. They do have pieces. There is talent there. There is something Seven and ten can work with. Division. <laughs> yes. But again, going back to the Jets, it's like, there's just no hope. There's just nothing. No, there's <laughs> there's not. nothing there's to not. hang your hat on. There, there's, nothing. There's, there's absolutely nothing. The Giants are infinitely better than the Jets right now. Like I said, the Giants could be two and one. A couple, couple breaks here and there, they could be two and one for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so you're just like, so you're basically just over Daniel Jones or over Joe Judge. Is it, I guess I'm, how do you fix it? How do you what's what's the what's the fix? Well, they got to fix the line first of all. Um, I, I you you got to fix the line and you got to you got to get a new quarterback. I, and like I said, I I like Daniel Jones. I don't dislike the guy, um, and I don't think he's bad. I don't think he's terrible, but I don't think he's a starting quarterback in this league. But that line also, like, no matter what quarterback you get, it, they're not going to succeed with that line. Um, they're not as bad as the Jets line. And I know I sound hypocritical saying, "Well, you got to let go of Daniel Jones," while saying that like no mm-hmm. one can see it under the, the line. But I I think by now we would know if he was the type of quarterback that could you know be a competent starting quarterback. And I just think he is. And if so, you look at their schedule, uh, yeah. yeah. And I'm not a fan no, of Judge. I, mean, I, they got this, I think they I'm, got, the only, I'm, I'm the only Giant uh, fan in the world who's not a fan of Joe Judge. I, I, I haven't been. There's a fan actually, of Judge. there's actually quite a few Giant fans that I've seen. I was the first one. I, I, Jar, I Jarvis, Jarvis never been a Judge Judge fan. Oh, Jarvis hasn't uh, and, been. I thought yeah, Jarvis was a Jets fan. No, Jarvis is a Giants fan. Oh, I thought he was a Jets fan. He he picked the wrong team in New York. I'm sorry. It's 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 no. his bad. But anyway, um, he's a Giants fan, diehard, and he's not a Dan. He's he hates Daniel Jones. I think he hates Daniel Jones more than he hates J- Joe Judge nah, and Gettleman. More, I, I, he's I like he's more of a more. I hate Daniel Jones and Gettleman more than I think Joe Judge. But I think he's not a fan of Joe Judge either. I don't Gettleman, know. Gettleman Judge, and I don't dislike Jones. I just I just don't think he's the guy for for the team for the franchise. Yeah. And their schedule's not easy. Like they got no. the Saints next week, and then they've got the Cowboys. I mean, maybe you say the Cowboys is a winnable game, but you could conceivably see this team go on five to start the year. Easy. If, if and this, and if while this they're season, at it, they'll probably find ways to lose those games. 
one of those two games. They'll have if the this lead season. Lead. If this season blows up on you guys, uh, what changes do you see? And then they got the Rams after the Cowboys, so they could go on six. Yeah, um, I think Gettleman's gone. I think Gettleman's going to be the first. You think he's gone? Yeah, I do. I don't think Judge goes though. I know it sounds weird. Cause sometimes GMs come in and they want they want to kind of like you know have their own imprint. But I I, yeah. I think I think whoever. I, th- I think Judge is loved by that organization. So I think yeah. no matter what GM they bring in, they're going to keep Judge, get a new quarterback, and say, all right, well, didn't work with Daniel Jones. Show us we got this new guy. Give him a year or two, and and, and they'll try to um, – they'll give him a chance to prove himself. But Gettleman, Gettleman's for sure gone, 1,000%. Yeah. He still hasn't fixed the offensive line, and that's kind of what he was known for, right? You yeah. Know, this talent evaluator who – good at finding over lines and all that stuff. And he just has not done that. So yeah. Yeah. Listen, I, I don't even have much of a reaction because I'm still seething about the jets. I mean, it's like this shit, this shit sounds like first world problems, you know, <laughs> it really does. Well, actually. well, while we're in Haiti <laughs> dealing with our own issues, Let's not even, we're, we're going to get to that later. Yeah, man, we'll, we'll, we'll listen enough talking about our own personal foibles with our teams let's move on to uh let's move on to some rapid fire nfl week three recapping that we do normally do here um you want to start with the thursday night game let's do it man all right let's start with the thursday night game panthers and the texans sam darnold had a pretty good game so far so far good season i know mccaffrey is hurt again uh, which is becoming a running theme with him but yeah he's injured again unfortunately um but yeah you know shout out to the panthers they're they're taking care of business they're doing what they're supposed to do and um you know they look they look decent they look hey they actually show progress amazing right concept um sam Darnold is playing well um yeah. doing what he has to do uh one thing that stands out to you about that game or that or just the panthers so far in their no, early start I, to the season? i think i think a sign of a good team is a team that goes on the road and does what they're supposed to do i mean they didn't necessarily dominate that game and the end score shows that they won it convincingly but you go on the road a thursday night football game it's easy to fall into that trap and lose um and they didn't they play played well sam played well didn't turn the ball over and you know it they're, I don't think the Panthers are a great team, but they're well coached. Um, I think their game plans are great. I think the way they handle Sam is fantastic. I think they have weapons on offense. You know, they're a potential playoff team, and they did what they had to do. Like nothing spectacular about that game. They're better than the Texans, and whatever everything that happened should have happened. Uh, one thing that stands out to me is I think Davis Mills is decent. I He's like right. that kid coming. I, I liked him in college. I liked him coming out. Of, I liked him coming out of high school. I liked him in college. He was hurt a lot. And uh, never really got a chance to really show what he was what he was really capable of doing. But I think the Texans, if they play their cards right, they could have a potential long term answer at quarterback. Obviously, barring the whole Deshaun Watson situation, right. plays out with that. Well, but he, uh, he has yeah, to I, work out because he came in for Tyrod Taylor. So, right? I mean, Jesus, <laughs> poor Tyrod Taylor, man. Oh my God! Has there been has there been any more snake bitten guy in football history than Tyrod Taylor, man? Jesus Christ! The kid was actually playing well. Yeah, and it's just it just it's, it's, it's always like you're waiting for the other shoe to drop with Tyrod. Like it's just it's it's, it's inevitable, right? Yeah, it's inevitable. But yeah, listen, um, the Panthers. Uh, I hate to say unremarkable, but Sam Darnold play okay. I mean, listen, I think I think too much is being made of Sam Darnold's performances. I mean, he's been good. He's been he's solid. solid. I don't think he's been solid. Yeah, I he's don't think a, Sam. You know, but solid. you listen. But you listen to some media people who have agendas. You know, basically, yeah, yeah. You know, let's 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 start fitting Sam Darnold with a yellow jacket now, right? Um, Tyra Taylor's good luck, Chuck. 
Right. Yeah. Uh, the McCaffrey injury hurts a little bit because, oh, you know, he, he's probably their best offensive player, but, you know, um, Chuba Hubbard's a nice replacement. I think he'll do, uh, I think he'll fill in well. And listen, yeah. give credit to the Panthers, man. Uh, three and oh to start the year. Um, the defense is much improved. Their offense is much improved. And, uh, I think they're, they're where they need to be right now. So credit to them. Agreed. And Houston, it's, it's like we talked about, it's going to be a long year for them. So. Yeah, not much to say there. I, I, I will I will say, and I think I talked about this with Baylor last week, but I, they've been a lot more competitive than I actually thought they would be to start the year. They play and, hard. Uh, that's the credit to yeah. them. That's the credit to Cauley, the coach. And, yeah. um, you know, they, they've played hard. They, they were in a lot of these games. You can make the case that they probably should be 2-1. and one. Right. Um, so, yeah, it, it is what it is with, with the – with the Panthers and the Texans. All right, let's go on to some of Sunday's games. Titans and the Colts. Titans win 25-16. The Colts fall to 0-3, while the Titans are 2-1. and Anything that stands out to you about that game? Or one thing that stands out to you about that game? Is that I, I legitimately convinced myself before the season started that Carson Wentz would be a huge difference maker for that Colts offense, and he's just not. Um, I, I, I thought that Colts offense would be a little more potent, um, but they're just there's nothing exciting about them. You know, they seem to have a really difficult time moving the football and, and, and putting the ball, especially in the red zone. When they get to the red zone, they complete collapse. Which is um, which is amazing because they have Pittman, Jonathan they have Taylor, Jonathan Taylor, and a know, good offensive line. Pieces. Well, that's not playing that well, but you think would be a good And they've had some injuries. They've yeah, had some injuries Nelson, on the line as well. But Nelson yeah. got hurt today, too. So, I mean, to me, that's that's what stands out to me is I, I had the Colts winning the division. I don't even remember that. I thought they were going to be really. I thought that defense was going to be solid, and I thought once was going to make would make enough plays weekly for them to you know win that division. But they just don't look like a good football team right now. I agree with you. Um, I think the, the Titans have been one of the biggest disappointments, or the Colts have been one of the biggest disappointments to start the year. Um, I easily could have seen them go through three and zero instead of zero three right now, and. I don't know what it is. I think it's easy to blame Wentz. Um, the O-line has not played well. The defense, the, the, the biggest thing for me is the defense. The defense has not played well to start the year. And that team, you know, we, we all talked about it, right? That was a ready-made team. That was a ready-made team that Carson Wentz was stepping into. The defense, the offense, the O-line specifically. And the defense has not played well, and the O-line has not played well. And that's kind of the two pillars of this team, and they just have not played well. And listen, Carson Wentz hasn't been terrible but like you said he hasn't been phenomenal and it's just amazing to watch that guy play quarterback and think you know this was you know we're not that far away removed from four years ago this guy was lighting the football world on fire and could have easily probably won an mvp had he stayed had he stayed healthy and to see where he's at now it's just it's amazing it's amazing i feel bad for the kid i really do i do too Um, because i don't think it's all been his fault but no, he, you know, he's hurt. He, he's on two bad angles too. It's, it's just a lot that goes into it. Yeah, but. yeah. I, I, I wonder if the Colts are already having buyer's remorse with Carson Wentz. I think they are. I would be. If I'm a Colt fan, I'm kind of like having it a little bit. Philip yeah. Rivers took this team to the playoffs last year. It's not like this team was bad. This was a, no, this was a playoff no. team last year. This is, and they've this is a, the offense has regressed from a 49 year old quarterback, whatever Philip Rivers is. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> agreed. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Absolutely. So there's, there's, there's. I would, I wouldn't say major concerns because I still think they can turn it around. They have too much talent on that roster to not turn it around. But yeah, zero and three is not ideal. No. Um, not many teams that come back to recover after going zero and three to start any season, whether sixteen, seventeen, fourteen games, whatever. Going zero and three, you never want to go in three. Um, and the Titans, you know, what can you say? Um, I haven't been that particularly impressed with the Titans. I was impressed with their victory last week over Seattle. I was say, but in Seattle, that was impressive, man. That was an impressive back, victory. The way they came back. 
I, especially that like, was impressive. That was that was really impressive. Yeah, but it's, it still feels like it, it still feels like it's a work in progress with that offense. It feels like that offense missing. should be more explosive yeah. than it is, especially when you have AJ Brown and, and Julio Jones on the, on the field and Derrick Henry in the backfield. Like, there's no reason why you shouldn't be putting up touchdowns. Like the Chiefs put up touchdowns, right? Um, but AJ Brown goes out tonight, which I, I think is going to be, which is weird because sometimes there's an addition by subtraction. It has nothing to do with AJ Brown, but sometimes like now you can be more focused and you know have a more concise game plan it's kind of when odell left the browns last year right now all of a sudden like the offense opens up because you don't have to pay attention to odell as a quarterback so right i'd be interested to see how the titans offense adapts to aj being out i don't know how long he's gonna be out for but you know this team is, to me it's it's the defense i mean i think the offense is gonna be fine to me i'm, I'm more worried about the defense going forward their defense is not good at all yeah uh, which is which is a testament to the cult you know to, which is a detriment to the Colts because how did you only score 16 points against this defense? It's, a, exactly. it's astonishing. But um, yeah, I'm with you on the Titans. Uh, sometimes I think you just can ha- I, I really believe this in sports. Sometimes you could just have a case of just having too much talent. And I think that's kind of the issue with the Titans where it's like they have too many mouths to feed. So you with kind of one ball. Your, you, like it's you just find yourself ball. in that you find yourself in that crazy game of trying to feed everybody. You know, you know, we, but, you and, know and, and it's no coincidence. Like, like they they won that game. I know I'm going back to last week, but they came back from Seattle riding Derrick Henry. Like you got the ball to your running back, one of the best running backs in the league, and like you just yeah. made shit happen instead of trying to get cute and feeding everyone. Right, right. Yeah. I think I think that's part of it too. I think they're going through a little bit of an identity crisis right now, and I think they got to yeah. get back to the roots of being a a run first team and letting Julio. I mean, it's crazy to say this that you know you basically use Julio Jones and AJ Browns as decoys, but you know that's kind of I mean, what they whatever are. Whatever it is, at. yeah. They're right now to me the way that 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 division's playing. It's absolutely awful. So this is just practice. They're going to win that division if if the Colts keep playing the way that they're playing. They beat the Colts today. They have yeah. one up on them already. The Colts haven't won a freaking game. You have the Texans in your division. The Jaguars are a disaster. So like, just use seventeen games again to build your identity and see what the hell works True. best. I mean, it's, if if you're a Titans fan, that's how I'm looking at it. Where it's just like, all right, we're two and one. We haven't played to our capabilities, but you know, we're going to have seventeen games to get ready for the playoffs because this division's awful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh moving on Chargers Chiefs Chargers win 30 to 24 over the Chiefs and the Chargers uh I think we have a rivalry now brewing in this in this division man, man. are the Chiefs mortal now 30 to 24 the Chargers go up to you know go to go to 2 to 1 and uh the Chiefs are 1 and 2 for like what the first time in weird. a long time which is weird, weird right the Chiefs I think the Chiefs are in last place in the division I mean it's two three weird, games but man. it is very weird and then Andy Reid of course taking tickets to the hospital all prayers to Andy Reid um and hopefully you know nothing serious of course uh, but yeah, I did not watch a lot of this game, but I know the, the, the running theme of this game was, uh, Brandon Staley's, uh, phenomenal coaching there in the fourth quarter. Bro, I'm sure you could elaborate. I, know, I was screaming <laughs> at the TV. Scre- what did he do? And I'm someone who, who has Mike Williams on his fantasy team and benefited from these play calls. And I was still <laughs> like, just like, what are you doing? What the, what? Are-? Like everything he did, like from, from the moment they got to the one yard line with like a little over two minutes left on was just dumbfounding to me. Like everything was just absolutely dumbfounding to me. Um, and they still won because the, the chiefs went three and out when they got the ball back. I mean, that's yeah. the first time I think I've ever watched the chiefs and been like outside of the super bowl uh, against the bucks where I was like, okay, they're going to come down and at least score here or do something. And immediately three and out, which was shocking to me. Um, but even then it, it's, I, I don't understand the play calling. I thought it was weird. They were they were praising him 
on on the broadcast. I don't know if you heard, but they were praising no. him afterwards. Um, and I was no. just like, what do you, Listen, what do you, I, like, you know what I, you know what I think about these coaches, man. I think sometimes these coaches overthink it and they get, try to get too cute for their own good. And well, sometimes you kind of need now, an adult. It's, it's insane. You, I, well, I think it's the analytics, bro. I think it's the, I think it's the, I think it's the computers. I think it's the data sheets. I think the Excel spreadsheets that are like, Oh no, run this play or do this and this, right? Like it, it's too much, man. It, it's, it's, it's just too much. Shit. It's a little shit. Yeah. Like they get the ball to the one yard line, right? And this is me speaking as a frustrated Austin Eckler owner as well. <laughs> Fantasy football, same. Like, why do you take out Austin Eckler? Like they, like that's that's like I was explaining to my no friend. Sense. That's like that's like having like Tony Parker, Manny Ginobili, and Tim Duncan on your team. You, 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 the most important possession of the game, and you take out Manny Ginobili to put in Matt Bonner, and then you run a play for Matt Bonner. Which like it, it, it's it, just it, mind boggling. It does not make sense. It and. Yeah. Teams do this. All these teams just keep doing this. It, like, because they're slaves to to the analytics now. I mean, football has become very analytically driven now. Which I mean, all, and it's like sp- football is a one sport that should not be analytically driven. And At it's just, all. it's just, it it makes no sense. And, and what analytics is doing is is exposing and highlighting some of these bad coaches. I like that's on coaching. That's on coaching. I mean, I didn't even watch it. it. gets away with it because they won, so he looks good. Right. Apparently. But it's it's like, but it's like MLB managers, you know, you'll you'll win enough of these games. But when you get to the big game and you're, you know, you get to an AFC divisional, you know, divisional game and you pull this stunt and you lose, that's the type of shit that could get you fired. That's what I'm saying. Like, and if I'm a Charger fan right now, even though they won today and you beat the Chiefs, so you're, you're on cloud nine, like in the back of my head, I'm like, our coach is a is, is that's worrisome. Kid. Yeah, that's it's, worrisome. Yeah, he's a yeah. loose cannon. I don't like this. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to be in the AFC Championship game. You know, we're trying to run the clock out. Three minutes left to go. The other team doesn't have any timeouts, and we're throwing fucking bombs to Mike Williams. You know what I mean? Like, come yeah. on. Like, this no, is, I'm. I'm- one hundred percent with you, bro. And yeah. It's and again, that's where you should actually think about it. It's like baseball, man. You, these managers they get away with these moves, not, and you know it's easy to it's easy to it's easy to take a guy out too early or take a starting pitcher out too early in, in, in a game in August because in we a game can in do August what in baseball what what they do in baseball we can do. Listen, we don't have time for that right now. We'll be here all day talking about that. So yeah, we're we're her. Her. Oh, it says do this. We'll do that. That's what they're doing. And and, and football's getting a lot like that. And and it's just it's just these nonsensical moves. It's just like, what are you doing? Like wh- what? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Are you worried about the Chiefs at all? No. No. They'll be fine. They'll figure it out. I'm not worried at all. Yeah, I, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm I'm with you too. Um, I, what I what I will say is I'm worried that they're not going to have a cakewalk like they've had in years past. Where I think that there are going to be games. You know, I think that the Chiefs had a had a Golden State Warriors approach, kind of like we'll turn the light on when we. I think they almost yep. kind of got bored in the regular season, and I think yep. this is the first regular season where the Chiefs are going to actually be in a race where I think they're going to have to like, oh shit, if we don't strap in, you know, we could be in, <laughs> we could end up being a wild card and right. not hosting you know, at Arrowhead as opposed to, you know, being this dominant team. So I think that the Chiefs are going to have to strap in and play competitive football from the, from the onset. This And and you could make the case that the Chiefs are very lucky because they should have lost to the Browns. So They should have beat the Ravens, though. That fumble killed them. They should have yeah. won that game. Yeah, But you can't make – I, I get where you're going with that, though. They could be 0-3. Yeah, they, they could very easily be 0-3. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, the Chiefs have not gotten onto a great start. I you know, I don't want to say it's a Super Bowl hangover, but you know, you've seen it no. time and time again. Teams that lose the Super Bowl, you know, Bill Parcells said is the said it best. You know, when you lose the Super Bowl and you have to come back and do it over again for 17 games, that's that's actually worse 
and it's winning exhausting. the Super Bowl. And, and, it's exhausting. Yeah. yeah, so. It's exhausting. But I think I, I keep, right I keep an eye on it. You hit it right in the head with the warrior syndrome. I think that's, ex- I think that's what it is more than a Super Bowl hangover. Uh, Dower Brown says Justin Herbert is generational. That is a huge Listen, tag. I I was so wrong about that kid. I watched yeah. him at Oregon. I was unimpressed. I didn't love him. I was like, really? This is the guy? I, I did not like. I didn't like Justin Herbert at all. I didn't like Tua at all. I was right about Tua. Um, Herbert, I just didn't see it. And boy, I've been wrong. Every week, this. he just yeah. impresses me even more. I'll tell you this. This is my inside sources. Um, at my job, I spoke to a few football players and analysts. I'm not gonna say who. But same as you, man. Just were like teams are staying away from him. No one wants him. I wouldn't want him either. Doesn't seem like a leader. Well, like anything you can list about him, yeah. like the the word on Herbert before the draft was this: he's a flop. Like he's not going to be anything in the NFL, and he's obviously just boy all his out of the water. So, yeah, good for him. Credit credit to the Chargers and whatever they yeah. saw because again, I you know, or I'm maybe he just fell into their laps anything. because Tua went before him. Which is, whew, man, that might turn out to be, man, that might be, that might turn out to be missed <laughs> by, uh, by the Dolphins, which yeah. I'm, which I'm applauding every step of the way. Ryan, Ryan Leaf, Dolphins, Peyton Manning missed. No, well, Peyton Manning went first. Never mind. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying uh, to think of a scenario where a team swung and missed on a quarterback, and whew, the man. very next, the very next pick was another quarterback. Yeah. That was ridiculous, but uh, I can't think just, of one right just, now. Just, just look back at a Jets draft. You'll see. Uh, yeah, you know. Oh my God! Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> It's okay, you know, the Jets could have drafted Deshaun Watson, but you know, we chose. Well, I mean, you don't chose that. Well, yeah, now, but at the time, yeah. you didn't think. You know, right. <sighs> let's not even talk about. All right, all right, um, we're good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> Bengals and the Steelers. Bengals win this game twenty-four to ten for winning Pittsburgh for I think for the first time in forever. Forever. Um, forever. Yeah, twenty-four to ten. Steelers fall to one and two, while the Bengals go to two and one. Burrow, Chase, that combination again shows out. And uh, man, are there problems in Pittsburgh. One thing that stood out to me was Ben looks washed. Not looks, Ben is washed. Ben's washed. The offensive you know, line. Ben's washed. The, the Ben's washed. The offensive line has issues. Yeah. Um, yeah I, 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 if it wasn't because it's the Steelers and they have that pedigree and Tomlin and all that, I, 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 I'd turn the concern meter up even more, but yeah, it's, it's bad in Pittsburgh. I mean, today was the first time I really, cause I, I've always liked Ben as a quarterback, but even I had to kind of sit there and analyze it today. He just, he just did not look good. I mean, normal throws that he would, that he would make in his sleep. He's just not making the bad interceptions. Um, the lack of mobility, although that's been an issue now for the last few years, it's it's a problem. I think the Pits, I think the Steelers have some serious issues. The defense is good enough to carry them through this, but you know they pretty much have to you know they pretty much have to treat Ben Ben like Peyton was in his last year in Denver, where it's like, look, just be a game manager. We're gonna run the football, ball control, defense. That's how we're gonna win games. They they need to make the change now. Because when you have Cincinnati, who's not exactly a great team, they have talent, but they're going up there and beating you soundly. That, that's that's a cause of concern if I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Yeah, to me, the, the story of the game is the offense and the lack thereof with Pittsburgh. It wasn't just like they just can't run the football either. You know, like Ben can't turn around and hand the ball to Najee Harris, who's you know, in my mind, a be a fantastic, yeah, a, a fantastic stud. running back in this league, and. You know he's he's not he's not doing any either because that line can't hold holes for him. So it, to me, it's more than Ben. I think it's just the whole offense in general. Um, Deontay Johnson was out, so that that hurts a little bit. But 
you know, he still has playmakers like Juju still there. Like you still have weapons. Like it's not like you can't make something happen. So it, yeah. the Steelers, they're not looking good. They don't look like a good football team right now at all. That defense doesn't look as good. I mean, TJ's out as well. So if that what's well, out, they're, they're, yeah, yeah, I, their defense is still good enough. Again, it's just they have to stay healthy. That that team has to rely on its defense. And right now, when you've got a banged up defensive players, you know, I think yeah. um, I think you know Watts out. I forget who else is out for that defense. But yeah, they they've got some issues. It's still Pittsburgh. I don't want to write them off completely, but yeah, they have some issues for sure. Um, yeah, that, that bear watching. Um, speaking of bear, see what I did there. Uh, the bears. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> the Bears fall to the Browns 26 to 6. The Bears fall to 1 and 2, while the Browns go to 2 and 1. And uh anything that stands out to you about this game? <sighs> Justin Boy. Fields' numbers stand out to me. And I don't really want to blame him too much because I know he was under pressure uh the whole game. I think Miles Garrett had like 27 sacks. And it was just every every time I watched the game or saw a highlight of the game, Justin Fields was on his ass. Like just on yeah. his ass. They didn't move yeah. the football at all. Um, and then, you know, the defense didn't play bad. It's just that when you're on the field for that long, that and, and the, the Browns are a team that are going to just ground and pound you, and Baker will pick you apart after that. I mean, the, the eventual outcome is exactly what we saw. So I I've just, I don't know, Matt Nagy has to get creative somehow with using Justin Fields. I'm really disappointed in the, in the performance. I didn't see it all, so I'm not going to sit here and dissect why it happened, but I can tell that he was under pressure, and I'm not really sure if it's because he was holding the ball too long, but the sacks that I saw, he was just running for his life. Yeah. Um, I watched, I was in and out of this game. I saw a lot of it early on. And then I kind of checked out after a while. Um, yeah, it was bad. Uh, the one thing that stands out to me, but, but beyond that, the one thing that stands out to me is Matt Nagy's not the guy. I mean, that's obvious. Oh it's, yeah. We've, we've, it's, we've, we've been, been there, done that, but it's just, it's just, yeah. it's just, well, you watch a game like today and it's just even more glaring. And honestly, like, I think in the first half it was a competitive game. I wasn't that impressed with Baker Mayfield. I thought he made some some poor throws, and yeah. I thought this was a winnable game early on. And then, you know, the Browns took care of business and did what they were supposed to do. But listen, the Bears—you just when you have a guy again, a boy genius, an offensive guru, all these things that you hear from Matt Nagy, and then again you just watch and it's just like no imagination, no creativity. The Bears have offensive players. It's not like they don't. I mean, I like Cole Komet, the tight end. Um, yeah. They have Allen Robinson. You know, they have the other little wide receiver there. Moody's um, good, man. Moody, Moody. Yeah, Moody. That's what I was saying. Moody's, yeah. Moody's really good. Like, they have players, you know, so they should be better offensively. And it's just, again, lack of imagination, lack of creativity. Um, and then, of course, you, 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 you add that in with a terrible offensive line, maybe not as bad as the Jets or the Giants or some other teams that we've talked about. But again, an offensive line that is not earning his money right now. These issues are going to, are going to prop are going to pop up. And I don't know how much of that is Justin Fields. I mean, sure. I don't think he played that great. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll listen. If Zach Wilson can be called a bust after last week's performance, you know, then right. I think we can rip Justin Fields for not playing up the par, but it's not his fault. I mean, if you're, if you're looking at this unbiasedly, it's not his fault. I mean, he just clearly is not much to work with. And I think it's his, and his lack of, of development is more on the coaching side of things than it is on, skilled players around him and 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 stuff like that because I think Matt Nagy should be devising creative schemes to use this kid. You know, right. I mean you've had him on the you know you've had him on the roster for the last six months. You know, you should be able to figure out something, some kind of package to get this guy out and running and get him, you know, get creative on offense and they just haven't done that. And today it was just and you know the antithesis of that. So 
Yeah, um, I think it's going to be a long year in Chicago, man. It just Absolutely. you know the defense played well. The defense played well, yeah, but again, also, we say that every week 20, about this. Like we that, say that every week. I didn't see the whole game, but when you're six for twenty, that you have to put some blame and onus on on field as well. Six for twenty is awful, man. Like, yeah, he you, was bad. You complete, Listen, you complete half of your passes by accident in this league now, especially with the dunk, dink and dunks that you do. Um, yeah. I, I know Nag, I don't like Nagy at all. I know you said a lack of creativity, imagination. I actually think it's the opposite where it's too much, where it's like, he tries to be too freaking cute. And it's like, yo, just run the ball at Montgomery. You know what I mean, do some simple shit every once in a while. You don't have to like do all these gimmicks and shit. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, I didn't sit down and watch the game, but I see the stat line six or 20 and I'm making the assumption that, Hey, you know, maybe there were some things here and there that Justin just missed. Oh yeah, listen. I'm yeah. I'm not trying to take the onus off of him. I think he definitely did not play well. I mean, the stats yeah. are what the stats are, right? But I just think these organizations are failing a lot of these rookie QBs right now, man. Uh, yeah, I think I it's more on them than it is on the on you know on the on the quarterbacks, man. And also, I think and and it's a it's an overall theme. But you know, for for fifty sixty years, right? There was a system where qu- rookie quarterbacks sat and took it in for a little bit, whether that be three games, six games, a year. We might want to look into going back to that, you know, because yeah, again, a lot of them are struggling. all of these guys are struggling, right? And for Trevor Lawrence, is like the best prospect since Andrew Luck. Apparently look what he's doing. Yeah, right. Exactly. So good point. Maybe, maybe it's a situation where these kids are just not ready. And then of course, how much, how much of it with COVID and right. preparation and, right. you know, really getting in there and not having a preseason. I wonder if, I wonder if also the lack of a preseason or much of a, of a substantial preseason, I think it's hurting some of these young quarterbacks. I, I yeah. wonder, I'm not an expert obviously. So I'll, I'll leave okay. that up to the coaches and geniuses out there. But, you know, I, I think, I think there's something to that, right? Because again, I, all these quarterbacks and they're all struggling to varying degrees. I, I think it speaks to something larger going on. Yeah, all makes and sense. also Matt the organization today, and even Matt Jones. Like, up in, yeah, today I, he, I watched but, him. I watched him in New England last year. Last week, I wasn't that yeah. impressed. You know, you know they, he can't throw the ball more than five yards. Like, he's not well, that I mean, impressive. That's Belichick's offense. Belichick's offense. I mean, we can transfer that game if you want. But no, yeah. I. But 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 he can't throw the ball. Like, I don't think he's capable of. It. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm listen. I have my issues with Mac Jones. I'm just not impressed with him. I'm really not. Well, he had a bad game um, today for sure. Oh well, yeah, uh, Saints 28, Patriots 23. Patriots go to one and two ahead of their. And big, the game wasn't even that close, to be honest with you. No, this was a domination by the Saints. Yeah, um, on every level, um, their offense did what they were supposed to do. wasn't impressive, but they would, you know, Jameis played okay. Um, Jameis has definitely come down to earth since the five touchdown performance. Um, but he, you know, listen, he. You know, he didn't make any glaring mistakes and, you know, kept the game in, you know, kept the game manageable and, right. you know, 28-13, come away with a tough road victory. Um, and the Saints are 2-1-1. Um, anything that stands out to you in this game? I know what stands out for me, Mac Jones. I, I'm just not that impressed. Yeah, I'm not that impressed with Mac Jones. Um, I think, you know, Belichick is going to keep that under wraps where, you know, everything's like five yard out and, and, and thinking dunks similar to what he's been doing with Brady since, you know, Brady turned 40. Um, but also the saints, like, I think people saw the saints, you know, get their asses handed to them and, and automatically assume that like, oh, they're not as good as we thought they were. No, the saints are good. The saints are a good football team. They're going to be fine. Yeah. They uh, still have a lot of the infrastructural yeah. pieces there. I mean, yeah, that, was, that was one overreaction <laughs> that I saw last week that kind of bothered me. Um, you know, Jameis didn't look good. I know that, 
in week two. And I think a lot of people just kind of wrote them off like, oh, this team is not what we thought they were. They'll mm-hmm. be like, they're not going to be great, but they're going to be in every game and they're going to win some games. And on top of that, like they've been on the road for the first three weeks of the season. People forget yeah. like their first home game was in Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, so they, they started off the season on an unusual situation and they went two and one in that situation, which to me is really impressive. Now they get to go right. home to the Superdome and you know, you know how the Saints play in the Super Bowl, Superdome. I, I assume it's going to carry over, although Drew Brees is not the quarterback anymore. So that's a massive home field advantage. And I think going two and one in that in that span, I think not enough people are talking about the Saints and, and them doing so just because it looks so bad in week two. I agree. I agree with you 100%. I think the Saints are still right there in that, in, in that you know, they may not be what the Bucks are, and we'll get to them, but, you know, right. I, I still think the Saints are, are still a really good football team. They're well coached. They're, not, They're well coached. Yeah. Um, to me, the key with the Saints is Jameis. Right. You know, it's Jameis. I, I still think Taysom Hill by the end of the year is going to be the quarterback. I, I'll, I'll maintain well, that. Sean loves but... it, man. Peyton loves, loves Taysom. And he's going to have yeah. a very short leash with James because James' reputation yeah. precedes him. Right. That's, it just so, is what it is. We'll see. We'll see. We shall definitely see. Uh, in, in the game that kind of got the most pub from the early window, Ravens and Lions, 1917, <laughs> capped off by a 60, I believe it was 63-yard 66. Um, 66. I, 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 NFL I, record. So, I, I did it. I, I didn't do it any justice. 66 yard Unbelievable. field goal kick by Justin Tucker um, to win the game. A walk off field goal kick, game winning kick, 19 to 17. Ravens go to 2 and 1 when the Lions fall to 0 and 3. Um, anything that stands out to you about this game? I like the Lions. They're like a lovable loser for me. They play hard, man. Like, even they last play hard for that coach, man. They play yeah, hard for that coach. Smacked by Green Bay in the second half, but like even coming out in Lambeau Field, like putting up the first half that they did, you know, their first game of the season, they could easily lie down against the 49ers, but they came back and almost like pulled off a miracle. They should have won this game. If it was any other person with a leg, aside from Justin Tucker, they would have won that game. Mm-hmm. So, so for me, like uh, I, we can talk about the Ravens and, and whatnot. Their Lamar defense struggled. has played well so far too. Yeah. I mean, you know? the, the Ravens got to the red zone and the Lions defense just didn't break. Um, so, so to me, like I, I know the Ravens won, and we'll be talking about the Ravens more later on and throughout the rest of the year. But just showing love to the Lions, man, they're playing hard. They're playing hard, and you know they should have won this game. But no team loses football games like the Detroit Lions. I swear, bro. Like if you're gonna maybe like, the Chargers, football- maybe the Chargers, it- the so, Chargers lose some bad games too. To me, it, it goes the Chargers lost some bad games during the Anthony Lynn era. But to me, like as a franchise, no, as a even whole, du- even during even during the the, the Schottenheimer Schottenheimer era, during, yeah. the, during the 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 Turner era, during, I just every general, just yeah. every. When I think the Chargers of like, lose bad unique games. ways to lose games. I think Detroit Lions, Atlanta Falcons, and then you can insert maybe the Chargers there. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, the Falcons are pretty bad too. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm with you on the Lions, man. Listen. As a Jet fan, I'd rather be with the Lions are right now. They play oh, they're fun. Like, you, you competing. love that team they're like competing. that. Exactly. Yeah. You turn on the football, you turn on the TV on Sunday afternoon or Sunday morning, depending on where you're at, and your team gives you a solid effort. They may not win every game, but everybody right. understands the Lions are rebuilding. They're playing right. for another day, but they're being competitive. And that's what you want. That is what you want. A team losing a 66-yard field goal. Like- <laughs> You can't, especially when this team has no expectations, when they're, when everybody knows it's a rebuild, right? You just want to see them compete. Right. And that's all you can ask for if you're a Lions fan. And listen, if you're a Ravens fan, I think you have to be somewhat happy with your team. I mean, all the injuries, 
all listen yeah. with all the injuries and to be two and one, um, you know, and to, some and tough if, victories at that. You know, if, if Hollywood think, Brown think, like you know actually saw the ball today, they probably <laughs> won that game. Like touchdown. True, true. But listen, if you're the Ravens, if you're a Ravens fan, I think you still have to be positive with your team. You're two and Fort one. Waterdale Brown. Fort Lauderdale, <laughs> Deerfield Beach Brown, um, <laughs> Sunrise Brown. Um, no man, listen. Um, I, I think if you're a Ravens fan, I think you got to be not happy, but I think you have to be at least content with where your team is. For all the injuries, I mean, this team has literally been decimated with injuries on both sides of the football, and for yeah. you to be two and one. Um, you know, with the tough, tough victories that you've had, I, I think you're okay. I think you're, I think you still feel good. Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson. He's incredible. We know that. Um, even though this game wasn't his best showing, he still found a way when it mattered to make plays and put him in a position to win a game. So credit to the Ravens, man. You know, yeah. it's, it's not easy to win football games in this league. Everybody knows that. So you take the W and you move on. So good teams win um, bad games. That's exactly it. Um, Cardinals 31, Jaguars 19. Jags fall to 0-3, while the Cardinals go to 3-0. and And uh, this was also an entertaining game. 109-yard uh, return by, I forget what the guy's name is, but... Uh, Agnew, I think his last name is. Agnew, yeah, Agnew. Yeah. Jamal Agnew, I think. Jamal Agnew. Yeah, um, yeah fun play. Um, otherwise, competitive. Actually, a more competitive game that I think people gave me credit to. I didn't watch a lot of it, but the one thing that stood out for me is um, Trevor Lawrence struggling, man. Um, again, the young quarterbacks struggling. You know, basically, Urban, Urban Meyer's not doing him any favors. I, no, no. So here's, here's 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 my beef. They had a possession where they took the lead in the in the um, in the second half, pounding the rock with James Robinson, pounding, 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 pounding. Twenty yards here, eight yards, six yards. What's touchdown? Cool. Right. Get the ball back. Second play. What do they do? A flea flicker. Run the ball. It Run worked. Ball. And it it's just, the flea it's, flicker it's, pick six. So it's it like is, you're not you're not doing Trevor Lawrence any favors. If you see the runs working, continue to run the ball. And instead of doing a flea flicker, there's this thing called play action. I don't know if you ever heard of it. But right. do something like that. Run a bootleg. Get him running. Get, do, like, there are other ways to get him going off of running the ball the way they ran the ball. Like to me, like the flea flicker was like literally like it was I stupid. understand. It was stupid. It was stupid. It, it was stupid. Just, That's what like, I'll say. It. it was stupid. And I know Trevor made the decision to, to throw the ball where he did. And it was a pick six, but you have a young rookie quarterback. But that's on coaching. That's on coaching, Josh. That's, that's bad what I'm coaching. Saying. It's like, you, that's it's what I'm saying. Urban's not doing him any favors. Like, if you established a run on the last possession to the point where you scored a touchdown on that, go back to it. Now, maybe run a little to play action with some slants, something short. You have the receivers to do it. That's the thing about the Jaguars, too. It's not that the Jaguars don't have receivers. Chark is a good receiver. Marvin Jones is a good receiver. Chenault is a good receiver. You have James Robinson who can catch the ball. Yeah, the back. they have pieces have there. Weapons. Yeah. It's like, there's no, like, it's not like. He's not surrounded by anyone who who can do anything. Urban Myers, like I, I don't watch college football, but like just watching the Jaguars play when I have seen him play, like it's just baffling to me. Like yeah. the flea flicker to me was like was it changed the game. That pick six changed the game. The whole yeah, game. Terrible. Terrible. Yeah, it's yeah. it's terrible coaching, man. It's it's terrible coaching. And it should be highlighted when it's just that bad. I mean, again, run the football. Run the football. If you've got right. something that's working, run the football. Or like you said, if you do decide to pass in that situation, you know, I don't know, maybe run a play action, do an RPO, you know, right. something. You know, listen, we, 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 we value creativity, but there's times where it's creative and there's times where it's like creative to the point where it's stupid. 
you know, for no and reason. that was stupid. For no reason. Exactly. Yeah. For no reason. That's trying to get too cute. That's trying to get too cute. Yeah. And, but listen, even that I'm not too mad about because at least they're taking their shots. At least, I mean, listen, the, I, I'd rather the Jets try something like that. It didn't work, obviously. But, you know, even that is like, I again, I hate going back to the Jets. We'll pass that. But listen, when you're a team, I guess they feel like, hey, when you're a team with the Jaguars that are building yeah. for a brighter day, you have to take some chances. You got to play a little loose and goosey. And maybe that's what they felt like. Now, it didn't but also, work. But like, and the, the crazy thing, too, is like the person, the guy who ran the football in the possession where they dominated was James Robinson. They ran the flea flicker with Carlos Hyde. So, like, <laughs> it's, it's not even the guy who was dominating on the ground. So, <laughs> And here I was, and here I was trying to give uh, Urban a little bit of a little bit of. Like it's, no, I know, I know, it's, it's bad. Like, it's bad. It's hard to, it's hard to rationalize it. It's bad. It's bad on so many. Like levels. if it's the guy who just smoked you for seventy yards on the ground, like I get it. But it's it's the it's the backup who like you were like oh all right he's in like you get what I'm saying. <laughs> Just doesn't make sense. Oh man, oh man, that was bad. That yeah, that's so bad. Um, all right, we're gonna run through these a little bit quicker because we want to get through some other stuff before cool. uh, we get out of here tonight. So, Bills, Washington, forty three twenty one. Bills go to two and one, while Washington goes to one and two. And yeah, this was a. Uh, I guess we could take uh, Taylor Heineke out of the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, it, was it wasn't all of him. It wasn't all. No, him. it wasn't all him. But I think eventually it was gonna happen. Um, yeah. yeah, and Buffalo's a tough place to play. I think it's one of those places that like it's a quick. And stand, it was like, windy. The weather yeah. is not great. Yeah. Buffalo is one so. of those places. Like if if the bills get rolling and 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 you get in that quicksand, it's it's really hard to get out of, especially if you don't have an offense. And and Washington yeah. wins games on on their defensive strength and controlling the clock. I mean, he's, you Buffalo would just wasn't going to let them do that. So get out of control. Yeah, yeah, not much to say there. Uh, yeah. Raiders thirty one, Dolphins twenty eight. A wild game. Raiders go to three and zero, and the Dolphins fall to one and two. Wild game. Raiders win this uh, with. What I think like a couple minutes left in overtime, and uh, go to three and zero. What do you have to say about this game? The Raiders did everything in their power to lose this game, <laughs> like literally. Like I, I, I mean, and credit to the Dolphins too, because I think a lot of it had to do with the Dolphins fighting as well. Yeah. Like it wasn't like the Raiders were turning the ball over, but like fourth and twenty, Jacoby Brissett completes a pass. Fourth down at the goal, Jacoby Brissett like makes a move and scores two point conversion. Like just there's so many things that happen where the Dolphins I thought were dead in the water. Um, that's a cool pun. Um, and <laughs> and they they made a game out of it. Um, but the the Raiders are a good football team, man. They're good. Derek Carr is yeah, really I'm, good. Derek Carr is really good. Derek Carr is. Um, I think I'd Edwards is a nice little find for them. Renfro seems to have like a, a solidified Edwards. role there. Edwards like, is a stud. Um, you know, obviously Darren Waller is like the Darren third, Waller. second, third best tight end in the in the in the league right now. So yep. they have weapons. Yep. Their defense probably needs to tighten up a bit, but. They're a solid team. Yeah, I don't love their defense. Uh, their yeah. defense is kind of a no-name defense. Uh, you know, they have some players, but I don't love their defense. Uh, but yeah, their offense is much improved, and they're doing this without Josh Jacobs too, which could be their best offensive player. Um, okay. Yeah, so credit to the Raiders, man. Uh, I think I think I'm a little surprised with the Raiders being three zero. So yeah, they have played well. Derek Carr looks like he's back to his MVP form, um, or his would have been MVP or could have been MVP form from a couple years ago. And uh, Gruden's doing a good job. Uh, yeah, credit to the Raiders and the Dolphins. Yeah, cr- credit to them being down their quarterback, fighting after after a disheartening, demoralizing loss last week to a division rival to come out right. and fight this game, a game that you really could have won, probably should have won. Um, I know it doesn't feel it's not going to taste well on the flight back, but you know, I, I, it just shows you a team that's coached well. Brian Flores. Right. Last week aside, he's we all know he's 
very good coach and uh, had this team ready to play and could have won this game on the road in a tough place to play with Jacoby Brissett. So that's credit to the Dolphins and credit to coach. So, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, Seahawks 17, Vikings 30, Vikings go to one and two. Well, Seahawks fall to one and two. Um, Kirk Cousins had a good game. Um, Madison in for an injured Dalvin Cook balled out, and the Seahawks still have some of the same issues that they've. I mean, I think it's like a broken record, right? The it, Seahawks it literally have is. Yeah. Pretty much the, like same the same issues team from last year that yeah. finished the season. Yeah, it's like, pretty much the same thing. Yeah. It's the same. Like and, the offense is. I don't probably, love their offense. I just, I've I. never loved their offense. To me, their offense is very. It's deceiving, Random. right? Like, well, that, but their offense is yeah. deceiving, right? Because you look at those bombs that Russell Wilson, those, 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 you know, I'm looking for the word, but those bombs that Wilson throws up there to Metcalf or throws up there to Lockett, and you think, wow, this is a great offense. Like, and not really. Outside of that, they don't really do much on offense. They're, you know what they are? It's like, again, back to a baseball analogy. You know that team that, like, all they do is hit home runs, but then everything, it's a home run or a strikeout. That's literally great. what the Seahawks are. That's a great analogy. <laughs> it's like they literally either they hit, they hit, a bunch of three run and, home runs or so they strike out them. with guys on base. And you fear exactly. them because they can hit the home runs. It's it's like the Yankees. Like to be honest with you, like the Yankees pretty much, yes. Year, pretty much. It's like, man, they got Stanton and a judge, like you kind of fear that, but then it goes to the playoffs and all of a sudden it's like, oh, they got two hit. Okay. It makes sense. Yeah. Not, <laughs> and they struck out 30 times. Yeah. Not, not, yeah. not a surprise, not a huge shock there. Yeah. Um, they don't string along innings. And that's kind of the issue with the Seahawks is that you they know, don't string a, along. That's a great analogy. They don't yeah, string right. along drives. And I think that by definition that wears out their defense and the Seahawks defense is still not great. I mean, they're just not, you know, outside of Wagner, um, not much to write home. I mean, Jamal Adams, you know, you know, for 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 a defense to have you know Bobby Wagner and Jamal Adams, it should be a lot better than what it's played so far this season, and it has yeah. not. So the, you know, the Seahawks to me, listen, I th- I think that they'll still be fine. They'll find a way to get into the playoffs. I have four teams in that division making it, but you know, I, I think if you're a Seahawks fan right now, I think you still got to look at this team with, you know, have we really improved? I mean, I, I I think you could probably say the line is better, but you know, outside of that, they, they're literally the same team. If I feel like I'm watching the same exact team from last year, that's a broken record. That's a broken yeah. record. It's definitely what it is. Um, Bucks and the Rams. Rams get a big win at home, 34-24. Bucks fall to 2-1, and one, while the Rams go to 3-0. and oh. Your boy, uh, Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford deserves, deserves his flowers. Deserves his maybe. flowers, maybe, maybe, yes, maybe. We'll see. Hey, listen. I, I just, I let, let's just let it play out, man. If at the end of this no, year right, the, the Rams, the Rams, the Rams play in an AFC Championship game or in a Super Bowl and they win, or hell, they lose a, a classic forty nine forty eight, I will have nothing to say about Matthew Stafford. It, it's his year. I already said it. It's Matthew Stafford. No more excuses. Oh, I play in Detroit, and you know, one of Ford's granddaughters Showing owns out, the man. teams, and it's yeah. like, no, this is this is now this is your time. And so far, so good. He's 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 balling out. Um, the Rams really took it to the Bucks. Um, you know, this was a closer game than I think the final score indicated. I think the Bucks just yeah. picked a bad time to have a bad game. It was. It's, it's, I also think it was probably a little bit of. Um, I don't want to say a trap game because it is the Rams, but you know, there's going to be a lot of emotion and a lot of energy with that game next week in Foxborough. So maybe. You yeah, know, maybe I, this was I, that I, game that you could kind of I don't want to say overlook to matchups, to be honest with you, man. I think I think the Rams are a horrible matchup for the Bucks. Because typically with all those weapons, the Bucks can outscore you. Like they but with that Rams secondary, man, like I don't know. Like I'm not saying that like they're gonna completely shut down Tom Brady if they play him again in the playoffs. 
But if there's one defense that's going to like neutralize that offense, it's the Rams. Yeah. And then on the opposite end, torch your defense. Like I, I just think, I just think it's a bad matchup for the Bucks. I, I know football is a lot about matchups, and I think the Rams just match up very well with the Bucks. Man, I, I really point. do. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's so so. Yeah, so good point. So, yeah, no, yeah. For, for me, man, point. I. I, I, this I like the Rams a lot. I, I know that a lot of it has. Well, the Rams to be are a good football team, but good that's secondary team. too, man. It, it's sick. Yeah, sick. And then and sick. then what? When Brady has lost in the playoffs or lost even when his prime, what is it? Because they get in pressure, you know, making him move out of the pocket. And you have Aaron Donald, bro. Like, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> like one, a, the one thing I would say about the Rams is I, I I'm still concerned about the running game. Oh um, uh, yeah, without injuries and yeah. and stuff like that, and even without the injuries, I I don't think they're a running game. I, I like Cam Akers a lot. Obviously, he's hurt, but you know, uh, their running game is not great, and that would be my concern. I don't think it's a concern right now, but I think as you go farther along in the season and into the postseason, I think that would be a major concern for me if I'm a Rams fan. Is the lack but of McVay like, gets a creative solid with that game. stuff, man. He runs like stretch yeah, plays, but that, but that, he, but that creative like that creativeness wood. lasts only so long. Yeah, you're right. You know, right. so I don't know. That's just, I, and I'm not nitpicking. I'm just, no, you're, you're right. And that I'm seeing, you know, right. that's the one thing that would concern me if I'm a Rams is the running game. Um, but yeah, and as far as the Bucks, listen, these games happen. Um, they didn't get destroyed. So it wasn't like a blowout. It just, you know, this, they, 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 they finally ran up against a team that punched them in the mouth a little bit and, uh, they didn't have an answer for it. So the Bucks will be I'm fine. Taking, the Bucks are the, Rams, the Bucks man. will be fine. I'm, oh, I'm so excited for Matthew Stafford, baby. Matthew Stafford stand over here. Good boy. I've been waiting. I've been waiting. <laughs> and then the Sunday night football game, very good game. Packers get the big win, 30 to 28. Aaron Rodgers, 20, you know, 37 seconds left down the field. Big play to, you know, to uh, incredible. That pass ahead of Devontae and that to start yeah, that drive was, was, was the unreal. 49ers defense there on that in that drive was um, interesting to say the least. Yeah. And the 49ers go to two and one and the Packers go to two and one. And uh, yeah, listen, I think all is right in uh, Cheeseheadville. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, you go on the road, especially because historically well, for Aaron Rodgers, at least he hasn't done well in San Francisco. So in California. In California as a whole, I didn't know that. To me, <laughs> apparently somebody was throwing that out there. Like, Aaron Rodgers in California does not play well, apparently. Yeah. So yeah, for me, um, I don't take anything away from San Francisco. I, I I don't look at San Francisco and think of them any differently. I just think that, you know, Green Bay came in and they did what they had to do. They played really well. Um, I, I, I thought San Francisco got off to a slow start, but I think once they got going, they played really well. They just, you know, that slow start just kind of killed them. Yeah, that slow start killed them for sure. Um, you know, the, the, something about the Niners just, I just don't, I don't love their offense. You know, yeah. to me, they have a good offense, but it's not great. You know, to me, sometimes their offense is like pulling teeth. Sometimes I don't know for yes. me, just me watching them from afar. Um, they don't have great players on offense. They have really good players, but they I don't like have their players on players. offense. But they don't have a good running game right now. That's the problem. they don't have a good running game, which is a problem. But even yeah. the receivers, like I like Debo Samuels. He's probably the, the one that I like the most. Ayuk is good, man. I don't know why he was in a dog. Ayuk is okay. Ayuk is yeah. okay. But again, that's the thing. Oh yeah, well, of course, Kittle. Yeah. Besides Kittle, so. I'm, my apologies. Kittle, of course, yeah. is all world. But yeah, outside of Kittle, uh, you know, and, and Samuel, Samuel's okay. But uh, I don't know. It's just something about their offense that just always just, ugh, I hate watching them sometimes. It's just like, it, it feels like it's harder than it should be with their yeah. offense. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know if that's just because they're banged up right now, but I, I don't know. But Dow Brown says it's time for Trey Lance. I disagree, actually. I think Jimmy's no, I disagree. Well. Trey, I, I think I think if you put Trey Lance in there, I think you'll be seeing a lot of what you're seeing with a lot of the other young quarterbacks yeah. where I, I think it, Jimmy's it, playing be very tough well. times. Yeah, I do. I, I don't I, think I, you're going to see Trey Lance this year. I don't uh, unless barring an injury, barring an injury. And with Garoppolo, you always have to say that. But I just don't think that. You'll see Trey Lance this year. I think this will be an apprentice year for Trey yeah. Lance. You got to remember, this kid hasn't help played him out football. in the long run. I mean, this that kid hadn't played un- until training camp this year. This kid hadn't played football in since 2019. So, yeah. or you know, I, mean, I know they had the one game last year, but he really hasn't played football since 2019. You can't throw a kid out there, especially in that division, where it's a bloodbath every week. Yeah, that that's that's not doing again. Doing right by your young player, and you yeah. got to do right by him. So. Um, yeah, but listen, I, I'm with you. I don't think you. I don't think there was anything. I don't think the Niners lost anything in this game. You know, I think they're still where they need to be. And then the Packers, you know, keep their head above water and you know are starting to kind of get some le- some sea legs up under them. So yeah, yeah, I think it's a good win for the for the for the Packers, man. And you yeah. know, it must be nice to must be nice to win games when you don't have offensive weapons around you. <laughs> Amazing. Who'd have thought? Um. Anyways, um, <laughs> and I guess we could preview the Monday night matchup: the uh, Eagles and the Cowboys, both coming in at one and one. Eagles playing, I think, better than I think most people expected, and the Cowboys yeah. kind of typical Cowboys right. meandering up around, yeah. uh, up and down. Although they had a big win against uh, LA last week, um, what do you got for this game? I actually got the Cowboys. I got the Cowboys big, which is, is opposite of what I've been hearing from a lot of people in the media. A lot of people are on the Eagles right now, but I. I I look at the Eagles, man, and Justin Fields has been playing nice, but they have played the Falcons. They played the 49ers in which the offense did nothing. And I know the defense played well against the 49ers, but like you just said, it's like that offense is like pulling teeth. And mm-hmm. outside of that, like I said, like Ayuk is to me, someone who is a significant wide receiver who they pretty much bench against the Eagles. So the Eagles haven't seen a significant offense all season. I think Dak's going to light them up. I really do. Um, mm. I don't think the Eagles are a good football team. I think they're the worst team in the division. I think they kind of got by with the first um you know two games with smoke and mirrors a little bit playing a, a really bad falcons team and you know just playing a little over their heads defensively against against the 49ers but again in dallas i i i know dallas's defense isn't the greatest but i i can't see justin fields keeping up with that offense so i think cowboys i'll say like 31 17 i think i think it's not even close Interesting. I actually think this is going to be close. I listen. Yeah. It's a rivalry game. It's Cowboys Eagles. So you know, I always and the Eagles always, traditionally play well in Dallas. Yes. So I always tend to keep these games close when it's divisional matchups like this, yeah. unless it's just such an an overwhelming, you know, disparity between the two teams. And and I I somewhat there is, but somewhat there isn't. It's again still a rivalry. I've actually been impressed with the Eagles and how they played. I think their defense is improved. Now how much how much improved we shall see. I think this is a game. Yeah, first test. Um I I think this is a game close, like two through three and a half quarters, and I think the the Cowboys kind of pull away. Um I can see it being I I, honestly I can see it being similar to the Monday night game last week with the uh, Lions and the Packers where, right. you know, the Eagles will give you a little bit of hope. The Packers coming. Right. Yeah. And then I could, I could see the Cowboys, you know, the Cowboys for all their talent, sometimes their offense is kind of hit or miss um, for all that talent, which is amazing to me. Um, their offense sometimes is a little scatterbrain and yeah. you just never know what offense you're getting. Some weeks you get the Cowboys team that can score 50 on anybody. And then some weeks you get the off the Cowboys offense that scores 17 points. You just never know what you're getting with this team. So, yeah. Um, but I, I think this is a, 
I actually like your your final score, thirty one seventeen, but I actually have it a close thirty one seventeen. Right. Okay. It's like twenty seventeen with like ten minutes left to go right. fourth, and yeah, right. They get a pick, they score. Yeah. You know, something yeah. else happens. Yeah, I can see it being a close game for the most part. You know, and uh, yeah, that's that is week three in a nutshell. Dun dun dun. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> now, a good fun week of football. Um, um, you know, besides being a Jet fan, um, yeah, it must be crazy too. I watch all these other teams, and it's like, wow, that's what it feels like to score points. Like, wow, this is fun. <laughs> it's, it's. I know you're joking, but the Jets literally did not score a point today. So, like, you're being the, well the Jets haven't scored a touchdown <laughs> in two games. Like, it, it's, that's it's, right. It's, it's, that's not, God. What? Oh my God. Oh man. Uh, and if and okay. one more thing, and I promise we'll move on to other things. Okay. Enough with the Jets. But if you look at the rosters, right? Like if you look at the, all 32 team rosters, right? You look up and down rosters, up and down the rosters, right? Even the bad teams, Detroit, Jacksonville, you know, Cincinnati. You look at all those rosters and you compare that to what the Jets throw out there every week. It, it's it's like night and day. I mean, yeah. literally night and day. That's why I said, I, I honestly believe, and I know sometimes it's easy to say this, like in all sports, oh, this team would lose to the Browns, or the Browns would lose. A couple of years ago, people said the Browns would lose to Alabama. And no, I, I, I really believe this Jet team would have a hard time beating like <laughs> Alabama. Like, seriously. Like, I think they would probably win, but it'd be a game. It'd be close. Jesus I don't know, man. I, I have a hard time believing. <sighs> Let's move on. Let's move on to some other things. Um, hey, so Jonathan Isaac oh, God. apparently gets his science and his um, medical reasoning from watching Donald Trump. But also God. Oh, yeah. God. Sorry. Yeah. And, and God. Um, he doesn't trust doctors, apparently. No. Although he just had an ACL surgery <laughs> with a man, I feel like I'm living in an alternate universe. And, and an anesthesiologist, and you sat in a hospital. It's like, oh, no, you know what? Listen, I think it's unfair. I think it's unfair. We're being too judgmental, Josh. For all we know, Jonathan Isaac could have just did this shit like in the black market somewhere. Like he could have probably just went, <laughs> you know, he could have went to Ecuador somewhere and they could have just, they could have just Jimmy rigged this shit. Like, how do we know he even got a, a legitimate ACL surgery? Like I just had one in January. I, I know you're kidding, but like, I'm too exasperated to even go along with this shtick right now. <laughs> this, this is awful. This is Bro, awful. I'm exhausted. Like, I mean, what, like, what are we doing here? This is the thing. I, there are two there are two things when people tell me they want to get the vaccine that I can I will disagree with you, but I won't flame you for it and I'll step back and go, Okay, I understand. One, if you had an allergic reaction to a vaccine beforehand, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna tell you to get a vaccine, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. Get it. Whatever. Two, if you have a pre existing condition in which your doctor tells you I'll leave it up to you or recommend you not to do it, which honestly, I don't even know what pre-existing condition that would be because I have done research on things like lupus and cancer. And even the CDC recommends that you should probably still get the vaccine anyway. But like I be said, that as it may. be that as it may, if you have a pre-existing condition, you talk with your doctor and your doctor said, you know, this is, this is what it is, but it's up to you. I'm not gonna recommend it. Fine. 
the problem I have with these NBA players and this whole anti-vax movement filled with people who weren't anti-vax until the government told them they should get a vaccine, which is another thing, but is that they're throwing out reasons that don't exist. They are creating arguments that don't, that off of just false information, misinformation. And it's really frustrating because there's no, I, I, I don't know how to have an honest dialogue with someone when you're throwing conspiracy at me, when you're throwing God at me, when you're throwing, I don't trust, the, I, I just don't trust the CDC because they're the CDC. Like, how do you have an honest conversation with someone like that? And honestly, like, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you look at the numbers and, and, and say to yourself, like, this vaccine is killing people or this vaccine isn't working? Like, you, you really have to be like willfully ignorant to think that you really do. Like, even if you're someone, and I said, like, the two situations I just gave, even if you're someone who, who doesn't want to get the vaccine because you had an allergic reaction to vaccines before, or you don't want to get the vaccines because you know you have a pre-existing condition. If if I was that person, if I was someone who was allergic to a vaccine, I still would be like, hey, listen, I'm not getting it, but you should. <laughs> like y'all should. Right. If you can, you're lucky that you can. Like that's how I would be looking at it right now. The fact that people can see that 95% of the people who have been vax who have been who are in hospitals and dying are unvaccinated and still think to themselves, yeah, I'm not going to do it when they're healthy and haven't had any bad experiences with vaccines vaccines, and had been vaccinated themselves because you had to be to go to public school, to go to college and things of that nature. It, to me, it's like we as a country, to me, have just lost our fucking minds. Like it's, it, I feel like I'm in the twilight zone right now, like 1000% the twilight zone. What's going on? It's frustrating. It's frustrating. It's, and these religious just, exemptions are, just- are an absolute joke. An absolute it's joke. a joke and an insult. An insult. An insult is what it is, right? Because you, yeah. you're actually making a mockery of the system and you're actually making a mockery of people that actually do have religious exemptions that actually do have, um, you know, religious things that keep them from getting vaccinated or whatnot. But it's a joke, man. I mean, these athletes in general, I'll, I'll lump the NBA player with the NFL player with major league baseball players, whatever, you know, it's, 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 it's a, a country. It's, it's, it's it's a, I mean, well, yeah, it's a, on the on the macro level, yes, it's the country. On the yeah, micro yeah. level, I'm just talking about these athletes. That's just a joke, man. And and the sad part is, like, a lot of people, it's the celebrity culture that we live in, right? Like, they worship these people. And, you know, it's like a lot of people watch these people and they think, well, if, you know, and obviously Jonathan Isaacs is a, a lesser level, but like, oh, if Kyrie, some kid out there, or some person out there, oh, well, Kyrie Irving won't get the shot. You know, what the fuck should I get the shot? Or, you know, et cetera. It's it's just it just gives me a headache, man. I just I don't even want to talk about it anymore because it's just so it's nauseating and it's just ignorant. That's what it is. It's just it's just ignorant. It's so ignorant. And and again, I say it all the time. We as Americans don't know how good we have it. I mean, to just have the privilege to be a million dollar, and I don't want to get into oh, you're a million dollar athlete, all this other stuff, that that stuff. But I mean, like to literally be an athlete, a world class athlete at that. And to have the privilege to say, you know, I don't want to be a, I don't want to get a, a shot that could potentially save my life and save my teammates' lives and their families and their their families and all that and other and the staff and the staff, the arena staff, the medical teams, all the other employees of the organization that you are potentially putting at risk by not getting vaccinated. If I have the opportunity to save, you know, save their lives, yeah, no, nah, I'm not going to because whatever because I'm just privileged. Like we literally have countries around the world that can't get the vaccine that cannot get the vaccine. And we're throwing out there just 
bullshit theories and just nonsensical things. I mean, the same thing with the Nicki Minaj and her cousin's man's balls type shit. None and of it makes the frustrating thing is that just, none it's of like it it's makes stupid. sense. There's, there's like, there's no conflicting data saying that this is dangerous. But you're caught. But, but the thing is, you're causing more damage than you are helping. That's the yeah. thing. It's like you're not even like, like as a as a public figure, these people need to understand that, like, for better or worse, people look up to you. A lot of people take your word and value it for whatever reason. I don't. You don't. People I know don't. But there are people for every person like us. There's people that are like, oh yes, Queen. Nikki says she's not getting it. Well, I'm not getting it. Like you're causing more harm than you're helping by doing this shit. So it's like, and I don't think that she meant to cause a big uproar about it, but it's like, you got to be careful what you're putting out there. Like, Oh, this person said that their cousin's man's got this shit in their balls. And it's like, it's like, it's, 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 it's nonsensical, but it's also hurting the situation further by doing stuff like this. And it's the same thing with, with Jonathan Isaac and just a stupid excuse. Now he's saying he was taken out of context or that's not what he actually meant to say, which is like, it's, he, he it's damage me. control. It, it's damage control, man. I, I, I tweeted something last year uh, during the black lives matter protest when Jonathan Isaac stood for the flag. Um, people were calling him out for that. I'm like, listen, he can stand for the flag all he wants, but it, it is notice. I do notice that he, you know, follows Dave Rubin and Ben Shapiro. So like that just pretty much tells you where he is politically and where exactly. he aligns with, you know, his, his way of thinking. And to me, like, like I said, like if, if I'm somebody who, like I said before, who has had allergic reactions to vaccines or had children who had allergic reactions to vaccines and have legitimate questions and have like legitimate fears because of an- anecdotal situations that happened in my life or I have a pre-existing condition. Like I'm fucking pissed at these people making a mockery of my concerns because that's what it is. Like mm-hmm. they have basically stolen your platform. They have literally taken your fears and your concerns and rightfully so, and just absolutely just made a complete mockery out of it. Like, like, a, like a total joke because the anti-vax movement in this country now, like is not the same anti-vax movement that it maybe existed three years ago. It has now been co-opted by far right to right leaning people. And honestly, I mean, there are some centrist and liberal people in there, just just random mix of people who just don't trust the government. Like we have been so embedded to not trust the government with anything that people just decide, no, just not going to trust the CDC. And then whatever, we'll just f- find whatever information they want online to, you know, believe what they want to believe. And um, uh, confirmation bias, like doesn't matter how much information gets, doesn't matter what studies get thrown. It doesn't matter that you show them the facts that 95% of people who are hospitalized and dying of COVID since the vaccination are, you know, unvaccinated. It doesn't matter what you show them. You can show them every statistic in the world. But if Nicki Minaj says that her cousin's balls grew, then, oh, you see, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Not knowing there's a difference between anecdotal information and data and studies. Right. And even if you tell them that, they don't freaking care because they want to live in this world where, hey, they're right and smarter than everybody because – I don't trust the government and I'm thinking for myself. I'm a free thinker and I don't know what to have conversations with these people. I, 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 I've given up. I've, I've literally have given up. I mean, I don't, I don't, it's I don't a no win battle. Happen. It's a no win battle, right? Because we're, yeah. you're, you're not going to win. Cause again, like you said, you could present every level of scientific evidence and data Just, to support your argument. And it's like, it's, they don't hear it. Right. Because again, they've, 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 I don't know if it's, so I don't, it's not virtual signaling. It's, it's, it's not, I don't think it's identity politics. It's just, again, you know, 
this aura of like, well, I believe it, so it's got to be true. Like, it doesn't matter yeah, what the and facts like, say. I, I legitimately think people think going against the grain makes them feel smarter. Like, they think they're right. smarter because they're going against the CDC. And right. I don't know people who study this. The whole it, it, it's time. and it's and it's so irritating. And and what it is, it's like it's so it's so privileged to have that thinking yeah. because again, you're Kyrie Irving. You may feel like, hey, I'm going to be good. And this is not to bag on Kyrie. I like Kyrie. I have my issues with Kyrie, but I also like Kyrie. You know what I'm saying? I think he does a lot of good. I think he does do a lot of bad. He's a complex figure in that rap. He is very complex. Um, but how privileged do you? You know, so you're basically sitting there saying, "No, I'm I'm not getting the vaccine because of the microchip theory and all that other dumb shit." Is that what he said, or is that someone people? People are connecting the dots because of his okay. past. You know, whatever he hasn't yeah, said. I, anything I don't want to. I don't want to ascribe that to him. I don't, don't want to. I don't want to ascribe that to him. You're right. We shouldn't. Yeah. But people are. But whatever. Kyrie Irving is one of the people that has not gotten a vaccine or at least allegedly has not gotten vaccinated. Right. So if you're Kyrie Irving, you're not going to get vaccinated. What about the poor security guard making 15 bucks an hour that now is being put at risk? And now he has to go home. He may have kids. He may have a grandmother that he's caring for. Now he's got to be put at risk or she has to be put at risk. Why? Because you're too privileged to actually just go get a fucking shot. People don't understand the science too, right? Because they'll be like, well, if that person's vaccinated, then why do they care? Well, it's like, well, they care because the longer that you guys stay unvaccinated, the virus can mutate and then the virus mutates and the vaccines right. are less effective, which is also a reason why the vaccines month after month have been less effective is because this virus is mutating. We have a Delta variant now. We're going to have another variant in a little bit. Um, we're going to have to get vaccines all over again because this virus is mutating. Like they don't understand that. And it's, it's frustrating because when you tell them that, then it's just something else. And then also right. the same people who don't want to get, I don't want to say the same people, but a lot of the same people who don't want to get vaccinated are same people who don't want to wear a mask. And it's just like, it's, it's not even about the vaccine at this point. It's, it's not about the science of the vaccine. That's it's the just an agenda thing. now. It's just it, agendas now. Yeah. And, but I hate the hip hop. I, you know me, I, I'm someone that always likes to call out bullshit and inconsistencies yeah. where I see it. And to me, it's like with the NFL players, like these are the same people that, willingly play a game that can lead right. you to death right. and nope, no issues, but yeah. vaccine. No, you'd wait a minute. God damn right. it. I'm not getting anything injected right. in my body. Yeah. Let me in. Oh, Hey, you can't play next week if you don't inject steroids into your body. Okay, sure. Right. Don't bring it in. Or th- I'm, and I'm, again, I'm not ascribing this to every NFL player. But, right, right. No, I give you saying. You know what I'm saying? But these guys do whatever it takes to play on Sunday. Right. But God right. forbid a vaccine. No, no, no. You wait a second. Right. God damn it. I'm not, you know, no, you're right. concussions. Fine. CTE. Fine. Fucking inject inject words at halftime because I pulled a hamstring. Cool, right? <laughs> but you know, a vaccine, Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson and Johnson, the guys that run the Jets. Fuck no, <sighs> you know, like that's where they draw the line, and it's just like it's ridiculous to me. That's where I'm like, you know, I literally know people, literal people that do drugs, like, like heavy Same. shit, and like, oh no, I'm not getting that fucking vaccine. That 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 government shit, like. I've seen you sniff Coke out of an urn before, but you know, God forbid, an I, a vaccine is where you draw the line here. I like, okay, got it. <laughs> and it's like, and yes, I know that's anecdotal, but it's like, it, it just, again, it's inconsistencies and hypocrisies that get me. It's like, be consistent. You know what I mean? It's like, it's frustrating. It gives me a headache. And, and again, like you said, it's not even rooted in any like real tangible substitute belief it's just not. well i'm just going to be a contrarian and i'm going to be oh i don't trust the government because i'm fine because i'm okay 
And if exactly. you're vaccinated, why do you care? Right. Until it affects you. Right. And then Until, it's like your aunt and grandmother dies and then all of a sudden it's like, right. and I mean, I'm a little sensitive because my, my uncle passed away. I had an aunt who was intubated in freaking Florida like last month who was this close to dying, who was vaccinated. Thank God she was vaccinated. I'm 1000% convinced that vaccinated. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Listen, I have my I have my mom is we talked about it. Like my mom's up, yeah. up there. Like my aunts, family members. Like yeah. So this stuff is sensitive to me. Like some idiot out there that's not vaccinated gets my fucking mom sick, and now we have my mom has asthma, like serious asthma. Right. Like she's, you know, now she's vaccinated, but you don't know. Like so these right. things, like you affect other people, and you're just willingly choosing to just be a contrarian for the sake of it, for the fuck of it. Like because what? Because you just you just want to prove. Right, because yeah. they don't want to understand, and that's the thing. Like, that's what bothers me. A lot of these people, they don't want to understand it. They don't want to understand it. They just want to poke holes in whatever they can. And even when you prove those those conspiracy theories to be false, they they, they just I, don't want to get the vaccine for whatever. I find I, it I, funny that a lot of the anti-vaxxers are also pro-life. Yet, by you being anti-vax, you're also you're endangering the children that you seek to protect. I just, Again, I just, the inconsistencies there. I. Yeah, I just don't. To me, I I understand, that, and you and I, I'll give us credit because I think you and I treaded this conversation very carefully, especially in the beginning. We're like, hey, let's see how it works. Like, we didn't like, we haven't promoted any type of like pro-vax. We haven't like we as a show, we have not done so. We have our own opinions on it, and but I I think just up until now, like there's just been enough information, enough data has been collected. There has been enough dead bodies and hospitalizations for you just to see what 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 the story is here. There is no reason why someone who is a healthy individual who has never had an allergic reaction to vaccines or doesn't have a pre-existing condition that can be affected by a vaccine shouldn't get a vaccine period. Period. Really and it, it is your choice. I'm not saying it should be like federally mandated and we should get your arm and stick it in you. Like, I, I, you know, that's a whole nother issue, you know, but you know, to me, it's like, I, I understand there's quote unquote risk with taking a vaccine, but what's, what's weigh the risk here. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> the, the, the risk is nowhere near, you know, as drastic if, if you don't take the vaccine. So I just, yeah, man. Yeah, I, just having a hard time, man. I'm having a hard time having conversation. Cause a lot of these people, are my friends too, like I have one of my best friends, like I'm not going to tell say who it is, but like we had this whole conversation. He's like, I can cure COVID with my mind. I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking what about? What are you? Ta- and see, that's the shit that I can't. That stuff, I'm yeah. sorry. And I listen, I don't know your best friend, but it's yeah. stuff like that. It's like, <laughs> I can't, I cannot take that stuff. Like, that yeah. is just, that's just ignorance. That's just yeah. stupidity and ignorance. And I'm because like, it's I'm like, like, if like, you really say it. that, if you yeah. say that, then I have to, I have to question whether you're smart enough to actually understand the situation and how, how. And that's the thing. That's what I would tell them. Like, I don't understand. What is the downside? Like, if, if like, what's the downside to it for you? If you if you don't think it's that dangerous, what is the downside? If it's proving to you know shield the rest of your community and the people that you love, what's the downside of getting it? That's what I don't understand. There there has not been proven to be any type of significant downside with it at all. Like at all. Again, privilege. That's it. It's privilege. We have we we are Americans are so privileged that we can basically say we're not going to get it just because. While you have countries like India, people dying because they can't get enough vaccines. You know, countries all over Asia, Europe's even can't right. get enough vaccines. But you know, we as entitled privileged Americans, 
million dollar athletes that make more money than some nation's GDPs. And we're basically telling people, eh, no, I don't want it. Yeah, I just don't want it. I just don't want to take it. But that's what makes it. That's, 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 Makes and me. then, and then the religious exemptions to find a way around it, like. But I, but you know what? I blame the league. I blame the league, and and this is where I call out Adam Silver and I call out the league, the NBA. They have, they're they're gutless. Because let me see Adam Silver show some real guts and say, no, you got. Listen, I'm no fan of David Stern. I think David Stern was was toxic oh, in a lot yeah. of ways. Yeah. But at the very least, that'll show me something. Like, no, you motherfuckers are gonna get vaccinated, or you're not gonna play in this league. Have some guts. Have some guts. Do it. But no, he's not going to do that, right? Because God forbid he pisses off, you know, well, Chris Paul thing. or somebody or whatever. We've been, we've been living like in like the fucking like paranoia of these people, right? Like for the whole COVID pandemic, we opened up early because of these people who didn't want freaking lockdowns because we've been living in their paranoia. We opened a little earlier than we should have because we were sick about hearing about tyranny and we wanted to satisfy them. Then we wore masks and we we released the mass mandate. A little tyranny as tyranny as black people are getting murdered by, on the streets by police officers. But right, well, don't please don't get me started on that. <laughs> then, and then and then we released the mass mandate a little earlier because the same reason why because people weren't wearing masks and people were sick of wearing masks. So let's let's release the mass. It's it's the same thing. We are catering to this freaking loud group of people who are just like to me just ruining this whole process, and that's the frustrating thing for me. Like, well, like the I, fact that we're catering to these people, it's insane. In the name of this is not tyranny. This is not um what's the word I'm looking for? Segregation. This isn't, you know, oppression. Like the fact that this people isn't Selma. Are making this these, isn't Selma, guys. Yeah. The fact that people are actually making compar- comparisons to like the Holocaust is like fucking mind blowing. And I'm telling you, man, I, I don't know how to have these conversations anymore. Like I, I've literally given up on a lot of. Oh, I, I don't, I don't people. anymore. I'm just, I'm. I've stopped. I'm done, I, I don't done. know how to do it because it's like it's no win, and all you're gonna yeah. do is get yourself even more angry and more frustrated about it. Yeah. In the long run, and it's just like, that's it, man. I'm just. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that's that's where I'm at, man. You know what I tell people? I'm just like, you know what? Listen, I think you should comply. You know, when you tell my brothers and sisters when they get shot in the street unceremoniously, <laughs> well, you should have complied. Well, you should just comply to your federal government and to your mandates. You, if Michael Brown should have just complied, you know, why can't you comply? That's what I'm going to just go. See, but I don't even like that logic because it's implying that the government is bad and that and that these vaccines are bad when they're not. They're literally saving lives. Like it's saving lives. Like there's no doubt in my mind that vaccines saved my aunt's life. Like no, Absolutely. zero doubt. And zero continue doubt. to save other people's lives. Yeah. And it's like we have 600,000, I don't even know what the number is, 600, close to 700,000 people dead. Dead. Moms, dads, aunts, sisters, brothers. Yeah. And people just don't care. It just doesn't happen. Again, until it happens to you. Right. But yeah. Daryl says here, people notice that Kyrie liked to post about the vaccine booting yeah, black I saw people that. Seeing his computer. Yeah. Like, and that, listen, I, I'm going to say this. Uh, I'll just be completely honest with you. I Kyrie's a mixed bag to me. Overall, I like him as a person. I think he wants to do well. I think he does what he can to help the community out, and I respect that about him. But he's not as smart as he thinks he is. And I, I just hate to be as blunt as that, but he's not. He's a conspiracy theorist. He thinks that, you know, the answer that is the most simple answer could never be the answer, right? The simple answer of the CDC says this can't be the answer. The simple answer of the world is round can't be the answer. And he thinks he has to, like, be this intellectual that pulls back layers that aren't there. And he has this fan base that's just like always protecting him and 
goes to bat for him no matter it's 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 honestly like really similar to kanye to me um he's like the kanye west of, of the nba to it's me. actually a good comparison because he's so, he's yeah. so great they enable, people, him. They enable yeah, him they enable him and it's like i like and i said this i like Kyrie. i think he he's a net positive I think he does fantastic things that you don't hear about. I've heard stories about Kyrie and his generosity and his philanthropy that don't get shown on the news, and I respect him a thousand percent. But he's not this intellectual that he thinks he is. Well, you, you know not. what? Well, you know what it is too is I think it's it's like a product of so many in the media ripping him, and almost to a point of unfairness that you have this other this this group of people that are like, oh, the media is ganged up on him so much that now we have to defend. We have to go the other well, way. Yeah, but both can we be true, right? Him. Yeah, both can be true. Like you. Yeah, he, true. That they both can be happening, mm-hmm. you know. And to me, that's not an excuse to just dismiss conspiracy theory, especially conspiracy theory that's killing people. Like people yeah. are dying because yeah. of this. We have I'm over seven hundred thousand. Seven hundred thousand people have died to, because of this virus. Like that's that. Like the fact that people don't that doesn't stop people in their tracks is crazy. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm looking for the the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar quote from today or this past couple of days. Where oh yeah, I saw that. Basically saying, you know, NBA players, and we're going to question Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. This guy marched for civil rights. Like, right. no one is as smart, as thoughtful, as eloquent as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. We're going to question him. We're going to call him. You know, we're going to call him a coon. Try, please try. <laughs> But especially because, like, this, uh, what he's saying and what we're saying is like based in reality and data. Yeah, exactly. It's just basic reality, man. Yeah, it's like six hundred thousand people are dead because of this horrible virus. Go get a fucking shot. Right. It's not. It's not. It's not going against you again. If you're, if you have a prior condition, and again, I'm saying this as a as a black man in America, as a Latino man in America, my people have been. <laughs> listen, we don't even have to relitigate. No, you're shit right. That our people have gone through. You're right. But even I am saying, like, go get a fucking shot, man. Go get a fucking shot. It's it's been around for eight nine months now. It's been proven that it works. The numbers have gone down. The mortality rate has gone down drastically. Overwhelmingly proven shot. that it works. Not just like kinda, like overwhelmingly proven. Get a shot. That's it. Get a shot. Stop being fucking privileged. Go get a shot. There's literally. People all over the world, other countries less fortunate than us, that have to make tough decisions, have to lose family members because they don't have the vaccine. They literally do not have enough supply of the vaccine. And you're literally making a conscientious decision to not get the vaccine for nothing other than privilege. And that's what I call it, other than privilege, because it's not even anything tangible or substantive. You're just literally making the choice not to get it. It's selfish. And that's how I end that. It's just selfish. Selfish. Um, wrapping up this week, um, our old friend G- GW oh was in the news this week. Um, had a uh, had a speech somewhere, giving a speech to I don't know. I think he was I think he was like on a campaign run or something for somebody. I don't remember where the exact the, location. Twenty twenty one George W. Bush rehabilitation tour. The rehabilitation tour. Yeah, that's what it, that's what it really was. It was a GWB <laughs> George George W. Bush a rehabilitation tour, yeah. and um, he got met with some critiques and an actual um, an actual uh, heckler who basically heckled him about his war crimes, and that's what I'll call them war crimes. And um, 
Yeah, man. It was it was beautiful. It was beautiful. I am still disgusted that 20 plus years later and we're trying to rehabilitate this man. We are really actively and not just we I say we media the left and the right are rehabilitating this man when this man did so much harm and so much damage to this country. Con- damage and issues that we're still facing to this day started with Bush. And then start with Trump. It started with Bush. I would argue one of the reasons we got Trump is because of George W. Bush. Yeah. Like, and this man gets to walk around here and be lauded as some great misunderstood figure in history. Yeah. Well, he gave Michelle Obama candy, man. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. Him and Michelle Obama are besties. Yeah. So that makes it okay. (laughs) Got it. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's infuriating. It's disrespectful. It's disrespectful to the lives of the many Americans that, that died in a war for nothing. Yeah. That he lied us into. Literally days, hours, forget days, hours after them fucking towers fell. He was plotting an invasion of Afghanistan and Iraq. Plotting. Yeah. Literally him and his administration were plotting getting us into Iraq. Figuring out a way to get us into Iraq. Cheney, Cheney deserves as much equal blame as he does in my mind. Oh, they're, well. they're all, they're, but they're all tied at the hand. They're all, they're all, they're, they're, it's, it's, it's a collective. Yeah. The George W. Bush administration, all of them, they all have blood on their hands. Yeah. They started two wars, thousands of American soldiers, men and women dead for nothing, literally nothing. I served a war, came back, my back is fucked up, knees are fucked up for what? Nothing. Man. Nothing. And then, and then, and then the most disgusting part is that you're trying to rehabilitate this man, liberals out there, because you hate Trump, because you have Trump derangement syndrome. Now you're going to basically sit there and whitewash history with with Bush. This was it's a war criminal. Yeah. Well, the thing is, if 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 they start doing that with one war criminal, they're going to have to do with other war criminals as well. Like you're going to, well, like if you're going to, if you're going to hold Bush accountable, then you got to hold Obama accountable. You know what I mean? So like the yeah. media is not going to go down that route. They're not going to go down that way, but this is why we, that's why shows like our shows, the Vanguard, all the other shows on the internet that are are important because the things that you're not going to hear on here, you're not going to hear on MSNBC. You know, we're going to, we're going to fawn, they're going to fawn and laud over how George W. Bush is so great. And he's just misunderstood. He's just a misunderstood figure in history. Like really misunderstood. That's what we're going to put it. That's what we're going to characterize it as. It's just, it's sickening, man. It's sickening. I wish I had the clip to play because I, I honestly, it deserves to be played. Um, because that person basically said everything that needed to be said in just a short little 40 second video clip, minute video clip or whatever. Um, I forget what the guy's name is. Um, Might be able to play for you. He was a war veteran. Um, now I got to find it because we got it. I got it. I think I got it. Um, no, I can't find it. Never mind. I'll try to find it before the show's over, but, um, yeah, man, it's it's disgusting the rehabilitation, and it's and it hasn't just been recently. Like it's 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 been happening pretty pretty regularly over the last couple of years, man. Since Trump, they've tried to rehabilitate, you know, Bush and these neocon era conservatives, man, as like the Lincoln Project, literally filled with a bunch of uh, Bush era neocon alums, and it's like, come on, man, you you you, you listen. That's why I used to get so pissed off when people used to have arguments with me about, oh, like Bush, but Trump is uniquely bad and he's the worst president we've ever had. I'm like, did, did you forget about George W. Bush? Like literally a guy who got us into two wars and the biggest financial 
collapsed since the Great Depression. Did you forget about that one? That guy? He like literally existed like not that long ago. But Trump, because he's mean and he's a buffoon and he touches women, which I'm not trying to make light of that, but you know what I mean? Like he's uniquely bad. He's the worst thing we've ever had. Like we literally had presidents that were slave owners, but you know, Trump is the worst thing we've ever had. Okay. Got it. Got it. So I, I got the video here. Uh, I know I, I watched, I saw the video on the majority report, Sam Cedar. So shout out to them. I don't know if this is legal, what we're doing, but I'm just going to give them credit because fuck it. It's legal enough. Yeah. So shout out to Sam Cedar and the majority report. This is where I'm grabbing the video from. Here we go. Is it playing? heartbreaking yeah that guy served by the way mike preisner uh i think he also hosts a youtube channel he's a popular commentator uh former iraqi war veteran uh shout out to him love to have him on the show someday too um yeah he said everything that needed to be said absolutely and it was straightforward 100 percent just one path you lied like it, it wasn't like this is what happened like and like no conspiracy no like just information that nobody would know it's just simple stuff that i think we all have come to the conclusion both left and right because it's not even right a couple conclusion it's been proven just read right. the afghan papers read right. the 9 11 right. paper like it, exactly it's, proven it's, now. it's a fact it's a fact and just you know and the fact that people are fucking booing him in the room are you fucking kidding me yeah like i think this man served our country he has dead friends like like he's seen some shit and you're gonna fucking boom him are you out of your mind while this thing has been proven like i, I that's why I, I can't get along i can't get on board with politicians on either side of the aisle saying they support our troops man it's fucking bullshit man and these people come home with ptsd injuries and and just fucking toss them to the side man it's it's disgusting man it is it is yeah, absolutely no but disgusting. we make but we feel good about ourselves because we give them standing ovations in the airports and we give them a free it's, meal every veterans day at applebee's so it's all good no, it's all good. It, it, yeah, I, it's it's not all good, man. It's 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 absolutely disgusting how how this country treats our veterans and how you know people use them to freaking virtue signal. It's like this man, like you, it, it, it's it's ruined so many people's lives and families too. Like that that yeah, that man's family's life. It's just I, I, imagine I don't being know a mom. You, imagine being a mom that's had to bury sons basically on a war based on a lie. Kids, twenty-one year olds. You know, we 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 as a society, we tell we tell we basically tell college kids at nineteen. You know, we can't pay you to play for major institutions. We, you know, we, God forbid, institutions and universities can pay college athletes to play, but we can send you off to a war and get blown up half the shit, or come back with PTSD or with injuries. 
And and this is the reason why there's so much fucking distrust in the media, man. This is what bothers me so damn fucking much. Well, it's, a, when it's, it's a grift and they're all in it. They're well, all yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because when Trump supporters and, and far right wingers like talk about the media being dishonest, I can't fucking argue with them. Like, I can't say you got to. Tr- well, you know, like, I, like, who, like, how can I even say that? You know what I mean? They're, they're giving this man a whole rebrand. They promoted the war to begin with. And even though it has been factually found that, you know, through the <laughs> Afghan papers and everything, that this war was based on a lie, they don't treat it like it's based on a lie. Because if you treat it like it was based on a lie, you wouldn't even give this man a second of fucking television time. By this man, I mean George Bush. Like, but he, but he, but he, but it's like Cuomo. It's like the Lincoln Project. It's like anything else, man. This man serves a purpose. It's to highlight what a president looks like and what Donald Trump, it's all done in the service of, you know, this resistance media strategy against Trump, man. And you, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you get in bed with. I agree with you. On, I half agree with you because I do agree that's part of the agenda is to kind of make Trump look bad in some sort of way. But I, even if Hillary Clinton was president, even if Ted Cruz was president, this still would be going on. It wouldn't be made Hillary look bad. It wouldn't be out to make Ted Cruz look bad. It's just this is what the media does with our presidents who have committed war crimes because they all have yeah. all of our presidents. And we have Absolutely. not called out any, any single one of them. Because like I said, if you call it George Bush, well, now you got to call out Obama. And they're not going to. I mean, the the fact that we're still allies with Saudi Arabia when they they, and you know the ironic part we we quote unquote went to war with Afghanistan because they were harboring terrorists and because they they were involved in in the plotting of nine eleven and we bombed Iraq and we went to war with Iraq because Saudi because Saddam Hussein had to have had something to do with that and he was he had to been in on it even though Saddam Hussein and Osama bin Laden met once and they couldn't stand each other Um, yet. We don't do anything to Saudi Arabia, who literally funded people in within the United the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia funded the terrorist plot to blow up the, the World Trade Center. But that's never and we're still allies. Never reported in the media. When we're still allies I, with Saudi Arabia. I protested Trump's Muslim ban at LAX. You remember when he just out mm-hmm. of nowhere threw yeah. a Muslim? Yeah. And you know what's crazy? Like that whole ban did not ban Saudi Arabia, and there was not one fucking person in the mainstream media that was just like, that "Hey, said anything. they're not they're not banning Saudi Arabia because you know we're in bed with them, and they're you know out of and all they the fund Arab a lot nations, of the shit that we do. Yeah, out of all the Arab nations that commit just inhumane acts, Saudi Arabia is up there on the top. But we're not going to talk about it because you know why they, we hate Iran. Here's a secret. You know why we hate Iran? Because there's a secret civil war. Be- it's not a secret, but it's a civil war yeah. between Iran and Saudi Arabia. And guess whose side we're on? Saudi Arabia. So like, I wonder and, why. And even when they critiqued Trump and when they still critique Trump, it's still coming from a dishonest place. That's what bothers me. Because when the, whole Muslim ban, when the whole Muslim ban was happening, I was up in arms about it. Liberals were up in arms about it. And so was the mainstream media. But the w- one thing they didn't want to tell you was that Saudi wasn't involved and the reason why they weren't involved in the, in the Muslim ban. They didn't want to take it that far. That's why I'm pissed off at the media. The media just mm-hmm. – it's just disgusting, man. It's Well, and, I, and, and all, all the calls about, you know – the inhumane treatment of women and children in oh, Afghanistan, Afghanistan and yeah. and leaving and leaving Afghanistan is a, is a disservice to them. We just blew up like women and children <laughs> with one of our drone strikes. Like the next day, like the fucking <laughs> next day, dude. And that's what gets me. It's like right? again, and I, I'm and trying then, to, I'm trying and to, then we to, go and and then we go and dap up Saudi Arabia, who's doing the same like shit. Like, and and that's what pisses me off, man. Because again, yeah. you use these narratives like all oh, the women and children and the humane treat, inhumane treatment of women and. Children. 
while we're bombing the shit out of them with our drones, our cowardly drones. Like it just, it just, it just bothers me, man. It really bothers me. It should bother you. It it makes my blood boil because again, I've seen so many lives that were ruined by this fucking horrible, gross war. Literally. I've seen so many people, you know, my brother, PTSD, he was one of the first to serve in Afghanistan. Yeah. PTSD. Friends of mine, good friends of mine, PTSD. Not to mention countless of soldiers that come back with injuries, myself included. Yeah. And and yeah. part of it, you you understand that you sign up for it. You just you sign up for a demanding job. You're going to come back with some war, with some quote unquote war wounds. But no. it's it right. sucks, man. It sucks. And literally, and it's one thing if you feel like you did it for some Nobel cause or 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 which issue. many people thought because at the time the media was telling that they were, and the president exactly. of the United States of America was telling them that they were. Yep. How can you how can you fault someone in 2001 to go to the Middle East and defend their country after the biggest domestic terrorist attack? I, I can't fault them. And they and they and they use that. They use that. They weaponize. Yeah, and that was on, the most man. that's the grossest thing about it all. They weaponize 9/11 to fund their fucking war on terror. And not just the war on terror, all the other shit that the fucking the survey the 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 heightens the the deep state, the surveillance on American citizens, the Patriot Act, all the things that came, the things that we're still dealing with today. Right. Fucking Patriot Act, yeah. It it it's 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 disgusting, that, that man. Piece, that piece of legislation that liberals were supposed to wipe off. Right. I'm still waiting for that to happen, by yeah, the way. Me too. Two I'm Democratic presidents that. later. You know, we can we can not to mention, and, and also, and I'll end with this. It's broken record, but again, two trillion dollars in Afghanistan, another trillion in Iraq, but we can't forgive student debt. We can't, <laughs> we can't, we can't give people in the United States that have lost their businesses, lost their livelihoods. We can't give them a fucking stimulus check to save their life. You know, we can't fucking have free medic, free health care in this country, but we can go fund a war in Afghanistan. We can go fund a war in Iraq. We can go bomb the shit out of another country. We can go start civil wars all over the fucking Middle East, interfere in all the political elections and have cause political strife all over South Central America and then wonder why migrants are coming to our borders. Right, right. <laughs> well, we're going to blow up their homes and, we, and cause civil we, ha- we have our hands. We have our hands dirty right. in everything involving Haitian politics, yet we're mad that they're at our fucking borders. Like, are you fucking kidding me? And the I, same just, fucking administration the same side of the aisle that cries about immigrants in the wall when when they show up under our administration what the fuck do we do yeah. it's fucking disgusting by the way trump's ball trump's wall is still being built yeah you hear trump's that, wall is still being built. Back? and if, if if this happened under the trump administration the mainstream media would be fucking hysterical mm-hmm. Absolutely even though hysterical. more de- deportations happened under obama than it did under trump but you know yep. we, won't, we won't bring yep. that up it's fucking crazy. I, I, I'm so it's mad. Disgusting, right man. It's disgusting, <laughs> man. So like, that's why we don't like talking politics on this I'm show. So it numbers, mad, bro. But it just makes me mad. It just puts me in a bad. I, I just, it, I just spent an hour talking about the Jets, and this makes yeah. me mad. And I just have to watch mad. a team lose twenty six nothing. It makes me mad specifically about the Haitian situation because I voted for this, right? Like I voted for Biden because in my mind he's better than Trump. At least we're not going to get the same bullshit we get from Trump. But. You know, with Trump, if Trump was president right now, it would have been the same exact result. Just Are we though? Bit. Can you honestly even say that now at this point? Like you're still getting a wall. You're still well, getting. Well, that's what I'm changes. saying. That was my point. You're, my my point was you're still getting drone strikes. Exactly. <laughs> the only thing we're not getting is the fucking overt racism in the media. 
that that's the only thing we're not getting. It's the same fucking thing, bro. And it's very disappointing because yeah, you're not getting the overt racism. You're just getting hidden racism. You know, it's It's, it's still racism. It's It's just not overt. It's 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 a little easier for freaking you know high class. You know, for for these high class liberals in the Upper West Side to tolerate because their president. You're still getting black people shot in the street. You're still getting you're still getting mass shootings. You're still getting black people disappearing randomly. And I understand. Um, yeah, you know, and I, I, what I has changed? It, yeah, I understand it's hard to deal with that many people showing up at your border. I, I get that, but if if you are someone who is pro immigration and hey, let's not build a wall, wall, let's you know welcome people with open arms, you find a fucking way to get as many people as you can in. It might take a while, but you're not whipping them with fuck. First of all, like what fucking year are we in right now? Where people are on horsebacks, like whipping people at the border. You're Pre- not doing predominantly that. predominantly black people. Yeah, like that looks like it was out of a scene from 1860. Like I don't even think I'm exaggerating when I say that year. Like what? Like it, it to me, it's just it's just so disheartening because you and I have these values. So many progressive have these progressives have these values, and we get cuckolded into voting for a fucking party that virtue signals. And it's not that like they fool us. I don't think we're fooled, but like it's just frustrating to see like that there's just no difference except. One party's more overt with their racism, and we're just kind of like, yeah, we'll, we'll hide it. We'll 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 virtue signal and act like we're going to help you, but at the end of the day, we're not. And you know how I feel about it. I think they're both the same. I both I think they're both cut from the same cloth. They're both full of shit. They don't mean anything. You know, kids in cages. The outrage, the horror. Kids in cages. How dare he? This monster. Yeah, it's literally happening under this administration, and they none of them. Where's Kamala Harris at? Where's where's all these senators and congressmen? Where's right. AOC? Where's every where's everybody else? Right, right, and that and I and the same thing. Like you can't expect, and there are different there are nuances within differences between the party with with infrastructure and healthcare. But you can't expect people Haitian immigrants or or Haitians living in America or Black Americans or people of color to give a fuck about your nuances when you're not even respecting their humanity. When they see that I'm, uh, you, they're showing their people who look like them showing up at the border, and you're whipping them, and you're sending them back to their country. You think they're going to give a fuck about the difference between, you know, three point five trillion dollars on infrastructure as opposed to two point? They don't give a fuck. Like they're, you're completely showing them that they're not welcome in this country. Period. So why does it matter? Facts. But hey, Biden's so much nicer. He's nicer though, guys. Come on. He's nicer. He doesn't grab women by the pussy. Axe Terry. And, you know, he, um, you know. I hate it, man. He's nice. I hate it He's here. safer. It's, it's, I, I, I hate it here. I hate it here. I hate it here, man. Oh, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. I would say, you know what? At least I have a good football team to take my mind off of these things. Oh, wait, I'm a Jets fan. And you're a Giants fan. So. I'm a Giants fan. Hey, at least you've seen a Super Bowl in your lifetime. Yeah. Shout to the Iron Dome, by the way, in Israel. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, let's not bring up our old friend Israel. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> our, 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 our longest, yeah. deepest ally. Let's just vote present and pass on this conversation. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, that is it. We are out of here for tonight, this morning. Uh, It's morning time. Some folks on the East Coast, thank you for staying up with us late. I know these uh, Sunday night games or Sunday night. We ranted, man. We we ranted. (laughs) We did. We 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 wanted to touch on some other topics, too. We just wanted to keep it all football. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Before you go, before we go, you want to. 
Want to tell anything to the listeners and the uh, viewers? Oh, yeah, that's right. For the first time, I can announce that I am producing a show for Uninterrupted called Certified Buckets featuring Lethal Shooter, Ashley Nicole Moss, and Christian Winfield. Uh, it drops every Wednesday. So if you have you know Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, subscribe. Um, my job depends on it. Please, <laughs> subscribe. No, like literally subscribe. Yeah, please. <laughs> Keep uh, Josh employed. Please subscribe. <laughs> also, my podcast, The Dime with Josh Rodriguez. Um, I'm filming a new episode this week. And I will be back for the NBA season. So subscribe. Filming. To Keyword. Filming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Go definitely go check that out. Go support all that, all that stuff. You guys know where to find Josh's stuff and what he what he's about and all that good stuff go follow him on twitter obviously you can see it if you're watching youtube right now josh underscore rodriguez underscore um yeah so definitely go check that out as for me you guys know where to find me as well at the Emmanuel brown instagram and twitter make sure you go check out all the stuff that i got going on at mlbbro.com um dead end sports although i haven't been in on in a while i am planning to make my return um soon maybe this week we'll see we'll see what time's up it's just been been crazy the last couple of weeks um but yeah i'll be back on there soon and uh definitely check out everything we got going on on this show man i oh i should i need to do a better stuff of promoting my stuff uh, so i started a patreon page for this show oh that's right um you know it is it is i uh, listen folks that check us out obviously you listen to tons of podcasts so you guys know the importance of supporting creators so I won't bore you with all the details, but you know, just, you know, any, any little bit helps, man, a dollar, $5, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, whatever you can afford, please help us out. Patreon page allows us to deliver this show for you guys every week, give it the highest quality and standard that we can provide. Plus, you know, we're planning on doing some, some special things. And I have a couple of ideas for, for the Patreon exclusive stuff. And, um, I think it'll be worth your worth your investment, man. So I really appreciate anybody that can that become that can become a patron. Helps me and Josh do a show and do it better. And you know, it's 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 not hyperbole that you guys help us. You guys help the show grow and help the show continue to be what it is and get better. And you know, this mic goes down. Your Patreon donations can help us get a new mic. Right. get a new this and get a new that or hey we want to grow our reach and we want to develop a website all your patreon donations help that and uh can't stress that enough so please 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 go check us out uh it's patreon.com slash any given sunday podcast and um yeah go donate like i said a dollar five dollars two bucks whatever even if you can only donate for a month and then have to jump off and jump back whatever just help us donate help us keep doing the show and keep you know you know, contribute any little way. And if you can't donate, I understand it. Times are hard out there for everybody. We are in a in a pandemic, in a recession, whatever. So I get it. I understand. But if you can, please truly appreciate it if you would donate to our Patreon page. So um yeah. Yeah. Um as always, you can follow this show on Twitter at AGS Pod and on Instagram, AGS Podcast, Facebook, any given Sunday. And you can find us anywhere where you can find podcasts. You guys know the deal. No need to repeat it. Um, Josh, we're going to get up out of here. It's late and uh, we need to go. But uh, thank you as always for listening and checking us out on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. I keep saying, I keep forgetting to do that. Subscribe <laughs> and like on YouTube. It is important. Definitely. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for supporting our show and for Josh Rodriguez. I am Manny Brown. This has been Any Given Sunday, episode 88. We are out of here. Peace.